0: welcome back to your bat is dead a gotham knights podcast from nerds and beyond i am jules
1: and i am mel i'm a writer at nerds and beyond and we're here to discuss episode 10 (laughs) (laughs) so much to talk about uh i feel like this
0: episode had things that made everyone happy if you're a shipper you walked away happy if you're a plot person you walked away happy if you like your dc references and your twists you're a very happy person just just a really
1: good episode all around for everybody i think Yes, I feel like I say this every time, but one of my favorites. I just feel like every <laughs> every single episode is just getting better and better and better and Mm -hmm. you think they can't get any better you think that they have already peaked but no
0: (laughs) no exactly it's like how last week we were saying you know there are some shows where you don't know where things are going in a bad way and then there are shows where you don't know where things are going in a good way and i can tell you that every single twist in this episode i was like what like every single one of them i had no idea it was coming the final reveals which we'll talk about later had me like jaw on the floor couldn't believe what i was watching so I, i i don't even know how they're gonna up the ante the last couple episodes of the season they keep saying 12 and 13 are like these explosive
1: crazy episodes i don't know how you get crazier than what we just saw in episode 10 no like we were saying the last episode kind of felt like a finale with the pacing well so did this one
0: (laughs) so did this one They just wrote a whole bunch of finales at the end. They didn't even bother with... There's no filler. There's no filler episodes now.
1: Yes. I love the pacing of this show, though, because I mean, this is genre television. This is what we like. This is not a period drama. This is exactly what we want, pacing-wise. Just going and going and going until we're definitely going to reach an explosive end at some point. Oh, I'm so ready. So excited. At, th- at this point, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was literally explosive. <laughs> Like I oh
0: yeah, know. I mean I feel like we're probably reading into it too much, right? Like everybody's mm. like oh yeah, like what's, what's the big twist? And I'm like oh everything's definitely gonna blow up because they keep using the word explosive.
1: <laughs> Will you shall see? Yeah, we shall see. But we have a lot to talk about in mm-hmm. this episode. Starting with we did not begin with like a a mysterious sequence or a Gotham News Now segment or anything. Mm-hmm. True to the pacing, we dived straight in to <laughs> Turner's medical panic <laughs> From...
0: i just I, I have to start with there were a couple medical uh miracles that were pulled off in this episode that i just you know i understand we have a magic rock that solves a lot of problems and also gives some problems as we as we see. As we um, will discuss. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate that there was like enough attention paid to like medical stuff that like a lot of the words that were used were correct, like they used the right terms for different medications and things like that. I would just like to say, I think Turner Hayes might just be a modern medical miracle <laughs> between getting stabbed <laughs> directly in the heart, between the throat slashing, between the radiation poisoning as we discover today yes this, this boy is is a lucky
1: lucky boy to be alive today he sure is put him in a lab and uh do some Study work him. on this one but yeah it's it's got that amazing like comic book logic where like you know magically they can survive anything but mm-hmm. at least they've they've given us some like scientific routing to like actually yes. make it believable like what like we're not expecting full-on no, medical bit. no it's like, not what you expect from this kind of television but I like that they've given me enough that I can comfortably watch it and be like okay I, I can buy this okay great because <laughs> when it's too much and you're just sitting there like okay but they should be dead they really should
0: <laughs> I mean yeah and I appreciated yeah. that they had them really trying to research and like figure out what was wrong with him and like what they could possibly do to fix it um I appreciated Stephanie saying that she was looking at med student uh message boards online <laughs> to see if, to see if they've come up with any ideas any novel ideas to fix radiation poisoning. I, I I just appreciated her saying that line it was really funny. I'm just picturing her like on like, uh, like one of those message boards on Reddit being like, "Um hi, so I have an 18-year-old male uh who is experiencing <laughs> the following (laughs) symptoms Uh, what would you guys do if you were me and you had no resources whatsoever
1: yep these other people on reddit just thinking that she's having like the worst internship ever (laughs) hypothetically speaking if you had a patient (laughs) but hey the
0: the smarty pants did figure it out so that's pretty impressive
1: so, and I love the fact that everybody was united in researching mm. that because we've seen a yep. lot of, you know, the team splitting off to do different things, which has been really great from an entertainment standpoint and from giving yep. us fun little team-ups that change up every week, which has been great. Um, but this is one of the few times where we've seen them completely all in the same room, united, all looking for this, which I, I love that because I mean Turner's the reason they're all there at the end of the day. Like yeah. Turner is the reason that the Gotham Knights exist. <laughs> Um, so it, it was nice that they all pulled together for him. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Duella would have killed anybody who didn't.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, yes. And Duella would have killed for him too. I think. I think if the solution had been like, "Hey, if you murder this person, then Turner's fine." She'll be like, "Great. Tell me where and when. Just let me know."
1: 100. percent. Yeah, she has her priorities and she sticks to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, but it was Harper that initially came up with this diagnosis of radiation poisoning. They Mm -hmm. were all Googling away, doing their thing or not Googling. I'm sorry. Generic TV, (laughs) not because nobody wants to pay Google. Okay. Using a
0: search (laughs) engine to find the solution.
1: (laughs) I I just love that TV land is united in the fact that like we are never going to pay Google a penny. We are committed (laughs) to never referencing actual Google in our show. Nope. (laughs) Love that. Um, but yeah, she finds this this radiation poisoning kind of reads up uh, enough on it that she's concerned. And I love that her reaction is just to stand up and basically yell at everybody to get away from Turner, <laughs> like back off, get away from him. Um, just because the looks on everybody's faces were quite a picture at that point, trying to yes. trying to work it out. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure at that point we, we were talking about this a moment ago, how useful it would have been to back away from Turner. She's doing her best. <laughs> she's working with what she's got um i mean the only thing i can say
0: is that it seems like because the it it was more of a blood poisoning situation where he like basically ingested this substance like it wasn't so much that it was like all over him or anything it was like pretty well contained Mm -hmm. and you know everyone else did have like gloves on and things like that when they were handling the actual um substance itself like i feel like in some sense they would have been okay like being near him like in the vicinity of him but i don't think like you know like touching him like being like really close to him probably wasn't a great idea you know yeah, like that kind of thing especially
1: because the substance itself isn't in him he was touched yeah. with it and it's gone mm-hmm. so it's not like you know it would obviously have to be much more severe if some of the substance yeah. was in him um though it clearly looked Quite severe anyway. Like, kudos to Turner was <laughs> suffering. He oh was my suffering. goodness. Those pustules. <laughs> I have <laughs> never in my life complimented anybody on pustules, but the crew definitely yeah. needs some complimenting on that. Oh. It looked disgusting it was
0: disgusting and i have to say they really nailed like making him as pale as they did and like getting that like sickly <laughs> look yes pale but sweaty <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it was just gross he reminded me even more of edward cullen than usual um because yes. he like, literally had him <laughs> with like the whitest skin possible like he just looked like a mess the poor kid <laughs> did not look like he was having a fun time and every time he would like sit up and like weekly sort of be like no don't do that for me, it's fine. I was like, oh, my God, you are so overdramatic, Turner. I love you so much, but you really are <laughs> the most emo boy to ever lead a group of
1: vigilantes. Yes. Like, oh, I'm not worth it. You shouldn't be doing this. I mean, like, sit down, shut up. Okay. <laughs> <We're doing laughs> like, it. boy, lay back down before you fall down.
0: <laughs> but yeah, the makeup was actually really good. Like, I, I thought yeah. he looked appropriately gross, but in a CW way, <laughs> in, yeah. in, a, in a fainting Victorian way period drama sort of way
1: <laughs> yeah in my recap i described it as death warmed over which mm-hmm. that's is 100% about it. what he looks like yeah um <laughs> yeah so kudos for that appropriately disgusting we appreciate it <laughs> um i love the fact that like dweller also seems completely unfazed by how gross he's looking yep. she's like man <laughs> like here we go like you know i i enjoy that because she doesn't seem like the squeamish type of girl no as turner himself mentions much later on like she's not phased by the side of blood or anything like that no she, she's in there and i think in my head carrie too would be completely okay with that kind of stuff we've seen her attempt medical procedures before yeah which again is something we'll revisit later on in <laughs> this. but um yeah they're, they're all pretty pretty good at grossness at medical stuff all the rest of it um but they're definitely in over their heads with radiation poisoning cause.
0: yeah there's a limit to how much you can learn to handle as like a, a high school student uh, and I think radiation poisoning might be the limit
1: I think that might yes. be where you and need to recognize expert. that which is good like they're, they're not like we can try and treat this they're like no he needs a hospital yeah. which I do he, appreciate. he needs a
0: real doctor <laughs> like ASap and I I really loved um there's a couple moments that we could talk about in this, in the sequence. Um, but one of them, I think I have to sp- put a little nod out to the shippers out there. Um, because what do you get someone when they're sick? What do you bring somebody when they're really sick and you want to make them feel better? You bring them soup. You bring yes. them their favorite soup and you show that you care. So Miss Duella, brings him his soup and it was so cute and i loved it
1: so much She brought him french onion soup from pamela's cafe which is definitely a, a thing in the dc universe it's like a cafe that's in the financial district of gotham um and apparently this cafe is so good that like the coffee is so good and the they do smothered biscuits apparently which are oh, so wow. popular that the lines for these biscuits go around the block <laughs> and they go out and give free coffee to the people waiting in the line <laughs> and i'm just like i i want a pamela's in my city yeah. please.
0: <laughs> now i want this french onion soup i love french onion soup so i was very thrilled that she decided to bring that particular kind of soup to him it was just such a sweet little moment and we see that so often in this episode from duella towards turner and of course later a little bit from turner to duella as well but i just thought it was such a sweet
1: sweet side to her
0: yeah she does and she but the thing is like it's not like she's doing it in a way that's like she still does it in her duella way like she gives him the soup that she's just kind of like hey you need to eat something i heard you like this soup here (laughs) like this is your soup It was just very on brand for her and very cute. And I was squeeing the entire time. So that that was my moment that we have to shout out here.
1: It's funny, like sometimes I get this this vibe from her where it's like she she's like, okay, what is the appropriate social (laughs) reaction to this? (laughs) What would a when people are sick, they get soup. (laughs) So she goes off and she gets the soup. All right, the appropriate social reaction to sick person (laughs) is soup. Here you go. I did good, right? Yes. (laughs) It's so
0: very her and so on brand. And I like that it's clear that she's doing it because she cares about Turner specifically and that she's trying to impress Turner specifically. Because I don't necessarily think, like, I think if Cullen, like, got the flu, I don't think she would go get, like, Cullen's favorite soup, you know? Like, I think it's literally an expression... of her affection for turner and she doesn't really know how else to to show him how she
1: feels aside from soup (laughs) soup soup is how we do (laughs) i love it no it it was a very sweet moment and and very effective especially because we know that he's literally dying like he has radiation poisoning soup ain't gonna help but (laughs) is he even in the
0: mood for soup i don't think they would be because like the symptoms of radiation poisoning i mean they were being very like good about what his actual symptoms are but like you get some pretty nasty GI stuff with radiation poisoning. Like it's not pretty. I wouldn't really be in the mood to be eating anything. But you know, I guess, I guess this is special radiation poisoning, so he, he can
1: have the soup. <laughs> well, here's the thing: do we actually see him eat the soup, or does he just <laughs> does he just take it because he appreciates the gesture? And you know, he knows what she's trying to do. And then, like, as soon as she's out the room, he's like, "Oh God, get rid of that." <laughs> It's like when like a little kid
0: does something like like draws you something or does whatever and you're like oh my god thank you so much like this is amazing and then you're like what do I do what do I do with it or like when like a cat like kills a mouse or something and like brings yes. it to you and you thank have to you. act all thank you so much excited about it because they've like done this thing for you and you're like what do I do with a dead mouse like what's the next step here yes <laughs> as the cat Turner's like thank you oh my yes. god
1: <laughs> the soup is a dead mouse <laughs> but. <laughs> because we see him smell it and he's like mm, yeah he and i'm just like do you see how, how much of it do we actually see him eat like <laughs> <laughs> but yes it's the gesture that counts it's important <laughs> oh love it so off uh, i assume stephanie goes because stephanie's the one who who knows the layout of gotham academy off she goes to gotham academy's old bomb shelter <laughs> <laughs> Which I just I just love. Like it's completely believable. We've talked about these like fancy private colleges before mm-hmm. that have things you would not even believe secreted away yep. on their campuses. So absolutely no question that there is a bomb shelter at Gotham Academy. Um I love the fact that it still has Geiger counters in it. <laughs> yep. And off she goes. <laughs> off she goes to get one. Um <laughs> Um I made a comment earlier as well that I'm going to repeat now in that I have decided that in my mind Gotham Academy is Gotham's room of requirement because anything <laughs> that these kids need is always going to be at Gotham Academy and it's it's completely believable they set them up so well by setting the story where they did the foresight of these writers because at, at what point were they like all right but in the future in episode 10 we're going to need a guy <laughs> counter so how are we going to put them somewhere where they can feasibly get a hold of one so I mean just good job good job <laughs> good stuff yes because there are so many tv shows where you're just like wait where, where did they get that from like what yeah
0: like, where, how did that happen <laughs> like how do they have that but it makes total sense and thank goodness for poor turner that they do in fact
1: have oh. a way of measuring this radiation <laughs> yes um and i love the fact that they went down this radiation kind of route as well because it just makes sense because the the magic rock as we keep calling it mm-hmm. <laughs> the um the electrum when we were reading there or hearing about the research they were reading about Dr. Leviticus and where this all came from, it was supposed to come from a meteorite and most meteorites are actually radioactive. So mm-hmm. whether it's a specific um something they're doing because it's electrum and it's something that the electrum does and it's too much, or whether it's just a natural side effect of it came from space. Space <laughs> is radioactive. Um, it's a space rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, because I mean, that's I, I like that. I like the when they give us just enough science that they're not spoiling the yes. magic of the show and the yes. story and giving us too much, but just enough that like my inner nerd kind of nods and it's like, yeah, I like that. that. Makes sense. That makes sense actually, and it makes sense that it wouldn't
0: be like the best idea to just like stick the radioactive rock directly onto a gaping open wound. You know, it makes sense that that would have consequences down the line.
1: Yes. I was questioning to start with, like when we very first saw him get sick in the last episode, I was questioning whether it was the rock or like side effects of the poison um, mm. that, you know, but then I guess if the rock came after the poison, the rock possibly cured whatever the poison did because it was healing him. So. Yeah.
0: And that's what they were saying too, is it's like, if it was a smaller dose, it would have just healed him. Like it wouldn't have given him all this like radiation exposure side effect. And that's why they were like, blood transfusion randomly here in the palfrey. Um and that that was gonna fix it. So I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I
1: as as a non as a non-medical person. I, I was... love the fact that Harper referred to a blood transfusion as something between an oil change and plumbing.
0: Listen, I, I, as a medical person, she's not, like, incorrect about that. A lot of the body and a lot of the things that we do to it, whether it's an IV or a blood transfusion or any of those kinds of things, a lot of it is based in, like, physics, like, in principles of physics, and that's why it works. Um, I was a little incredulous when she was like, we just, like, do it right. <laughs> it's like, what? do you know everyone's blood type are you are you going to steal some blood from the blood bank and just bring that over are you going to give him cross-matching disease from giving him blood you don't even know if it's going to work like what's the plan folks what's the plan here so i'm glad they very quickly shut that down and said an actual medical professional should be doing this
1: me too i love that because you know without getting into (laughs) any personal medical stuff here i've had several blood transfusions because i need Mm -hmm. white blood cells and um (laughs) Oh my goodness. I when they <laughs> said that about it being between an oil change and plumbing, like I cackled, but was immediately just like, please don't do that in the attic. Please just, just <laughs> Please no. don't try that. No, no, no. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. absolutely love that. And I, I like the fact that even though these are essentially like superheroes, superhero kids, that they're, they're doing all these mm-hmm. things from the comics, they don't have powers necessarily, no. but they definitely have strengths that they're they're playing to, but they know their limits. They realize mm. that they are kids. They are not qualified medical professionals. They should not be performing any kind of medical procedure in the attic of a clock tower. <laughs> should not I be think happening. Harper I like was that they this close to trying limits.
0: it. Harper was I... this close, though. She, she she could have been convinced. Harper is they the wild card here. She really is. Like
1: <laughs> I feel like Harper's always the one. Like last episode, she was the one who, when they were talk- when they discovered the Electrum behind the wall, like there was no time for a plan. She's just going to mm-hmm. grab some metal and she's going to start yeah. whaling on the wall. Um, <laughs> and I love that very in character for Harper. She- she's the one who'd be making the crazy decisions. That's why she needs colored around. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> okay. they balance each other. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Um. Okay. So, um. Should we talk about this little this little switch in scene that happens here? Because while all this is going on, Stephanie gets this text message from Brody um just saying that you know he he needs some help. So maybe we should <laughs> explain. Some assistance. What's, yeah, so
0: maybe we should explain oh, what's going on with Brody. Poor up until this Brody. Point. <laughs> poor Brody is just having like the worst possible day. Um first <laughs> it's of gonna all, so much it's worse, gonna get So much worse. I was confused a little bit at the beginning because I Thought Like, cause I still thought Rebecca was a good person and we'll get back to that later. But when Rebecca had told Harvey, like, oh, don't worry about Brody. Like he's away. Like we got him out of here. He's not a problem. And that's why we thought he was gone the last few episodes. We thought he was like safely out of trouble and away. Turns out she was lying about that. Uh, cause he's still here. He's still at the apartment. He's still living his Brody life, doing his thing. And he makes a really rough discovery. <laughs> Yes. Um that rocks his world a little bit.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so we, we see Brody and he's talking on the phone. Now we don't know who he's talking to, mm-hmm. random dude friend, somebody yeah. whatever. kind and of it had kind a of friend doesn't matter to it. More yeah, than I think it um doesn't really matter. It's just it it works well to give us the exposition for what's going on without him just having to talk to himself, which <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's great. Doesn't really matter who he was talking to at this specific point in time. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so he knows that his dad has medicine, has stronger meds, and that he keeps them in his safe, which makes sense because, you know, he's locking them up, keeping them safe. Um, who knows what Lincoln March is using those for? <laughs> <So> <laughs> who knows at this point? Would not put anything past that, man. Um, but I was very intrigued, and and I loved the uh, whether there's going to be an actual connection here or, or, or whether it was just me making a fun connection. Um, I love the fact that he was having a root canal and um was was putting the ice on his face and that was the reason he needed the medicine because and we will come back to this later um where else have teeth come up a lot when we have been talking on this podcast they have come up in connection to the talons because the talon have uh have a basically a tooth implant like a a, a tooth that they can break the the tooth and put a little bit of electrum in there um and that is kind of how the talons have their accelerated healing. So. No. With that said, um, let's that move, move on to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just to, just remember that. Keep that in your brain. Move Stick a pin in up. it. Yeah, And, and, interesting.
1: and, and, and I mean, they the could have done thing. anything. That could have been any reason why he needed yeah. medicine, right? But they went with a root canal.
0: They went with a root mm. canal. <laughs> Very interesting.
1: <laughs> interesting. Yeah, interesting choices.
0: But of course, Where's he doesn't
1: listening?
0: find the pills. <laughs> he finds yes. well, That's find... the funny part.
1: He clearly does find the pills. They're right there in the safe on but screen. He finds but a at that point, he is distracted. It's overshadowed a little bit by the thing behind the pills
0: which is a blood-soaked owl mask if i found that in my dad's safe in my house i would be just as freaked out as him very relatable
1: moment appropriate reactions from brody here (laughs) honestly all of his reactions in this episode are extremely appropriate and are reactions that normal people should have to things which is wonderful because you know sometimes you have kind of cw-esque shows where it's like things go wrong we won't call the police we won't do anything (laughs) and at this point brody is like no no (laughs) we're going to tell the police. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta tell my mom.
0: I gotta tell the cops. Like, he's very, he's very committed to like, Talking with people. I did like, um, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. I liked Stephanie outlining all the reasons why doing all the th- very reasonable things that he wanted to do were bad ideas. Like, and he's like, what do you mean it's a bad idea? This is what you're supposed to do when these things happen. And yes. she has to like very reasonably be like, I'm so sorry to tell you um, that there is no good option here. <laughs>
1: There's nothing we can do to make this better. Stephanie's quite good at delivering bad news. Like, <laughs> she, she did it very calmly. <laughs> yes. But um, back to what he found in this safe, because the terrifying owl mask was not the only thing. Because let's face it, if you saw one of those masks in real life and it was just chilling in someone's safe, you would just be like, what? What alternate universe have I just walked into? This is creepy as hell. <laughs> um and even when Brody is describing the mask to Steph, he he sounds really uncomfortable describing what? it. He's just like, oh it was creepy. <laughs> <So> poor Brody.
0: <laughs> Genuinely, like I I this character has within like the span of all these episodes. Like, I think at the beginning I was just like, oh, I hate him. He seems so stuck up and snobby and I don't like him. And then like the second rohart adams started playing him a little bit more and i think the writers started kind of writing a little bit more to like just like the kind of like niceness of him like he's not like a bad person like he's not evil he's just is who he is he's a boy who's stupid and a teenager which is just you know to be expected but in this episode i really felt bad for him because he really had his world absolutely rocked
1: yeah and i mean the little tiny bits of brody that that we've got i mean that they've given us some very careful lines even back during like the first episode where he's talking about like fencing with Turner mm-hmm. um and the expectations from his parents like it's very easy to get this image where he's spent his whole life desperately trying to be somebody that his parents would be proud of but he's mm-hmm. never quite got there um yep. as we can tell from um Lincoln's comments in the last episode when he was talking to Turner about becoming the Talon and he just so dismissively um said that you know his own son had wasted that potential and you're like damn
0: (laughs) what did he i mean he's a nice kid he's good at fencing
1: he has friends he's popular like (laughs) Like he's he's doing pretty good as far as teenagers go you know (laughs) all right brody defense squad over here Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but He's he's been very, very lucky in terms of the privilege that he has. He's clearly yes. grown up around like immense wealth. He's going to this amazing like private school, all the rest of it. So he's very, very lucky in terms of material things and, and the privilege that he has. But it seems he's been very unlucky in terms of his family life and the people mm-hmm. around him. Um, but yet somehow he's he's turned out to be. From what we've seen at least, a pretty good person. I mean, like he went and took the blame for Stephanie when he did not have to at all. Like he could have distanced himself from that. Um, instead he used his privilege to help Stephanie out. So that kind of gives us the impression that actually he's he's a pretty good person. Yeah. Um, probably doesn't deserve the things that happened to him. (laughs) Has to to be said.
0: (laughs) Has to be said.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But other than the creepy mask, he also finds this tiny little lapel camera, which I have to say, he's clearly very intelligent because if I picked that up, I'd be like, oh, it's like a tie pin or something. And I would just (laughs) leave it there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're not going to be members of got the gotham knights anytime soon um we we will actively in fact mess up whatever investigation they have going on just by like bumbling into it so yeah no i agree i would well the mask would have overwhelmed me so much that i would have overlooked the little camera thing because i would have just been like what is this mask tell me everything about this mask
1: and then even if i somehow knew that that was a camera like if i'd noticed like the lens on it or something which i am not that observant but thank goodness that brody is um i'm not sure i would have known how to view what was on it either yeah
0: yeah that's the other part i would have been like what is this well i mean to be fair brody also did kind of luck out in that the person who would know is the number one person on his speed dial as well uh so he he gets lucky in that stephanie is willing and able to help him figure out what all this means
1: yes once again stephanie saves saves the day is incredibly smart um (laughs) which we love her for but unfortunately for him he does work out what's on this camera and because it was turner's lapel camera from the whole the whole incident in the the previous (laughs) couple episodes that we've had going on um i was just thinking earlier about like all the things that he must have seen up until the point where um the camera was was taken from turner and Mm -hmm. i mean we don't know if lincoln necessarily turned it off uh, Immediately at that point, he, he took it regardless. Yeah. So, like, all the things that he's have seen, like, he definitely saw what happened to Cressida. He saw the whole, like, ball go down. All mm-hmm. of the, like, it, it, he has a lot. Knowledge. I don't know how much of that he watched. He probably freaked out when he got to the my dad murdered Cressida Clark. <laughs> to
0: the, my dad murdered somebody. <laughs> that part might have just overshadowed the rest of it for yeah, him. I it, was think. it was enough. It was enough for sure. And, and it really proves that Lincoln, like in that moment, it was the first sign that I was like, wow, that was actually like kind of a stupid move of Lincoln. Like, cause I had been thinking of him as like kind of this criminal mastermind, which like he has been the last few episodes. Like it seems like he's been one step ahead of the Gotham Knights, like is all like a worthy adversary, really. And I, I was thinking like why would he leave that kind of evidence like around like i would think he would delete that immediately or destroy it like why even risk the possibility of somebody getting their hands on this footage and we'll talk a little bit later about, <laughs> about <laughs> someone else's reaction to that particular someone else's reaction
1: yes <laughs> yes i love it that we we aren't the only people who note that in this um but yeah so he panics i love the fact that when um brody discovers all this stuff he immediately is just like oh god i've got to, i've got to text stephanie like that's <laughs> that's his reaction she's the person in his life that he's going to go to with the crazy yep. shit 100 i would also go to
0: stephanie first with any craziness in my life
1: <laughs> yeah if, if i knew her i really do think she would be the person who, like <laughs> you can either tell me that this is right or give me a million reasons why i'm wrong and acting crazy and either way i will believe you <laughs> But
0: unfortunately for him, uh, she confirms all of his worst fears. Um, which I love the way that she kind of breaks the news to him because the way she says, like, yeah, so like, yeah, your dad is the worst, actually. Um, I didn't really know how to tell you, but yeah, yeah. Like she's very matter of fact about it. There's yeah. no
1: sugarcoating it. Because she there's could no have like, lied to him. Yeah, she could have like, tried could have to been like oh. It it's probably not what you think. Why don't you give it to me and I'll take a look at it. And so she's just like, nah, sorry.
0: She's like, this has got to come out now. Sorry. There's no, there's no going back. It was just very, um, very direct of her and very, I I think it was a good thing for her to do. Like ultimately it was a kind thing for her to do to like, actually tell him the truth.
1: Um, Despite his We get In this episode, it has to be said the first of many many truths. Yes. (laughs)
0: And of course, like you said earlier, he's having a completely appropriate reaction where he's like, well, of course, we'll call the GCPD. And she was like, mm, see, <laughs> about the GCPD um, because they also are like on the payroll. And he's like, OK, well, then like, well, like, what do we tell? Like, what do we do? Like, what's the, like, what's the next? Yeah, thing? he is standing there like we need an adult. You realize that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then, of course, she's like, don't worry. Don't worry, Brody. It's fine. We have an adult. We have Harvey Dent he's the one who's gonna help
1: us oh yeah because Harvey is so reliable right yeah
0: because yeah, Harvey's <laughs> in a great position to be helpful to other people at this stage um but I just that was also very funny and I I love the writers for writing it in that way of, of being like well no, no, duh we're not gonna handle this by ourselves we're gonna get Harvey dead and Harvey's gonna fix it Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that right. kind of that kind of lets Brody off. Like he's like, okay, like I guess that makes sense. Like that, like we can give this to the district attorney. Like he doesn't like it. He still wants to get his mom out of there because in another kind of mark of how sweet he is, which we've seen before, he's instantly thinking about his mom. And that did break my heart a little bit in light of later <laughs> revelations. Yeah. Because yeah. his first thought is like, my mom doesn't know. She's probably in danger. I I think from what we've seen, the outward facing relationship that Brody's been exposed to has been somewhat of an abusive one between his parents um and it's just it my heart broke a little bit that like his first inclination was like, okay, like yes, like we have to figure out what's going on with this whole conspiracy that you've told me about, but like most importantly, I need to make sure my mom is safe like oh no
1: yeah, <laughs> That's so sad. Ooh. A lot of emotions, a lot of very conflicting mm-hmm. emotions in this episode. But mm-hmm. generally, yeah, feeling pretty bad for Brody right about now. <laughs> so while while all that's going on, <laughs> the rest of the Gotham Knights take a, a sensible precaution, best that they can anyway, um, and disappear and, and go and find some iodide pills that they can take so they can at least kind of be around Turner, a bit. They're trying to help themselves best they can. Um, mm. It's not magically going to stop them from getting radiation poisoning. I really <laughs> want to put that out there. Yeah, I,
0: I feel as a disclaimer, I think it's important for people to know you shouldn't do blood transfusions like in your basement. That's not a good call. Um, also, if you're around someone who's radioactive, <laughs> Please, please seek actual medical. Please attention.
1: just don't be. First of all.
0: <laughs> first of all, don't be. If you can avoid it, don't be. But if you are, please call someone to help
1: you. Yes.
0: Who is not like Google, you know, like call yeah. a doctor, call but 911. Given
1: given the situation that they're in, yep.
0: Yep. sensible so they're, they're precaution.
1: Me... Better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Better <laughs> than sure. nothing. Um and uh I was amazed that like this is this is the time. Turner and Carrie sit down and start having this little mm. this little heart-to-heart. And in the back of my head, I'm like, Carrie, timing.
0: <laughs> not now. Not now, Carrie. Not now.
1: Like, he's clearly on the brink of not being able but to be upright at all.
0: But I think it, it was such a good conversation, because you can see how much it's been eating at her for her mm-hmm. to not tell him. Like, she, she thinks she's doing the right thing by not telling him, but it, it clearly is bothering her. And I think Turner was, like, two seconds away from putting it together himself. You know, like, it wasn't like... Yeah. It wasn't like she just sat down and, like, spontaneously was like, let me tell you about all this stuff. Like, I think he – the way that he was talking about, like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out if this is true or if it's just them trying to manipulate me. I think she knew it was important for him to know that he wasn't being manipulated, that it wasn't, like, him – like he wasn't like he wasn't getting gaslit you know I, I think she wanted him to know that like his instincts were correct and that that's is what happened yeah. which I which was nice of her to do and so sad and I, I
1: wonder it, if there's like a tiny part of her that's like crap if he dies now Like, yeah like I gotta tell also, him the truth before that's he, fair before he dies. you know
0: yeah because they don't really know that he's gonna make it out of this and and how he's gonna be so so that makes sense like And it was just such – it was so well acted because you and I had literally just talked about, like, I think in the last episode that we were like, what's going to happen if it's revealed that Carrie did know this about him? Which we thought that she probably did
1: because of the – you know, we Mm -hmm. said that's probably – what was written in bruce's journals and um, it went the exact way we thought an official answer to that mystery that we've had since episode one but it's still a mystery
0: this is the thing like they keep solving the mystery and then adding more because like yes we know that batman feels responsible for whatever Mm. happened to turner's parents there is nothing there and nothing that carrie says and nothing that anyone has said that says that he straight up killed them like like murdered them or anything like that we don't know if it was an accident we don't know if it was a case gone wrong we don't know if it was just that he like maybe failed to prevent something from happening and then that is what ultimately killed turner's parents we don't know and like i think they did a really good job of showing that the not knowing is really messing with turner in a way that like Even if he knew, like at least he'd have answers, you know, like at least he'd know exactly what happened, what caused it, maybe why Bruce wouldn't have wanted to tell him. But at this point, it's just, hey, the man that you loved like a father had something to do with the death of your actual parents. We don't know exactly what though. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and see, the thing is, modern Batman, we we definitely have this this Batman's one rule, which is that he does not kill. Mm -hmm. Um, which Carrie kind of echoed. She was like that he he doesn't kill um but actually if you go back to like <laughs> 1939 like the original batman comics up until batman number four batman 100 did kill <laughs> <laughs> Batman, in um, fact killed a lot <laughs> yeah he killed quite viciously actually in those first first few um comics so up until number four and then in batman number four he reminds robin the, the robin at the time not our Carrie kelly robin um that yeah, to use the side of their sword the flat side instead of the sharp side because they and says you know we don't kill sorry i do not have it in front of me i can't word <laughs> for word but something how dare you not kill with weapons ever you know um so that was established then that was like the the moment when batman's one rule was established that he doesn't kill so Technically, they can have it be perfectly in canon if he did kill um, his parents, because it, it it's happened before he's killed. Mm-hmm. However, there would still need to be some kind of justification for it, because yeah. I think the difference between Batman does not kill and Batman does not kill innocents is very,
0: very <laughs> Batman important. isn't yeah. a serial killer,
1: Batman. No.
0: <laughs> that's a, That's a pretty important rule, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, that, I think if he did kill Turner's parents, there would have to be some big justification for it, uh-huh. um, which could be like a whole other interesting storyline. Remember, Turner is kind of our like wild card here that doesn't, doesn't yep. exist in the previous um, DC universe, so we can do whatever we want with him, which is great. <laughs> um, so, you know, there could be justification um, for Batman doing that. It could be an accident. I mean, it really mm-hmm. could be. And people have been caught in the crossfire before. Yeah. Um, and would probably explain part of Bruce's guilt and part of why he immediately decided to go and adopt Turner. Um, mm-hmm. I think that plays in really well if it was an accident. Um, or I mean, it could just be that there there's a lot more going on there. There's there's some manipulation happening. We know that um, the Court of Owls has framed people before because we yeah. you know about Joe Chill now. Um, yeah. We know that Joe Chill was was just a patsy. It wasn't really his you know, he he may have done the deed, but it wasn't that simple. Um, yeah. He was just there to rob them. He was just there to take the fall for the Court of Owls actions. So it could be something like that as well. Who knows? Um, I'm curious. There's a lot more to it. I have a feeling yep. we're not done getting our twists on the Turin parents' story. I'm and I, and, and
0: I think there's, there's an interesting part of me that's like, especially now knowing this knowledge, there's probably a way for them to actually investigate and figure out exactly what happened because presumably with all these diaries that they have from batman they have some Mm -hmm. idea of what batman was working on probably at the time that turner's parents died i'm sure that there were like newspaper articles of like batman saves small boy or something like there's like different like ways that they could kind of try to go back in time and connect those dots now that they know that bruce wayne was there and that bruce or that batman was somewhat responsible plus i do think it's interesting they have been Maybe I missed something, and so please correct me if I missed something, but I don't think that they've even said how Turner's parents died, right? Were they in a car accident? Like, what was the... Have they said, like, I how I don't they think died? they have specifically said. Because hmm. that could be interesting, too, because if they haven't specified, then that's, like, a
1: whole... Whole host of options, right? Like, we've That's heard they that said. they
0: were murdered, but Ooh, we're we gonna have
1: to research that how. one when I'm done. But yeah, no, <laughs> don't think that they have specifically said.
0: There is some um, poor fan listening to this as we screaming speak, at us, who's like, oh my God, in episode three, they said that they fell down <laughs> a flight of stairs. Yes. And so, you know, <laughs> they let us definitely know. didn't
1: say that because I would have remembered that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I tried to pick an outlandish one, but if that's how they actually died, that would be really funny, actually. Batman was the one that pushed them. Um <laughs> oh, all I can think of is um in true crime, there's a documentary called The Staircase, which I don't know if you've seen it or heard of it or anything. It's this very famous like case where like a husband may or may not have murdered his wife by pushing her down the stairs but the the argument that his defense attorney used was that the area had been having problems with really really big owls <laughs> at the time <laughs> and so his defense was that she had been attacked by an owl um in well, her own home both them definitely has some so. big problems with owls too <laughs> so maybe that's my new working theory for how turner's parents died Death Anyways. by owl, which could be
1: highly accurate. <laughs> Death
0: by actual owl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, interesting. I'm going to go, probably going to go back and see if I can find out more about that now. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think there's probably a lot more to the mystery of Turner's parents and mm-hmm. whether we will find out a lot more this season. We might. It's It's been a pretty big thing so far, so we might find out more. If not, I guess we're going to need that season too. <laughs> so yes, we can uh, Dig into that, please. Yes. And that scene is so important, too, because
0: it's a big character moment for Carrie, because mm-hmm. as, as mad as Turner is, and perhaps a little bit biased because of being angry, he does drop some truth bombs on her about how her being a lone wolf is hurtful to other people um, and how it kind of feels to be shut out of things because the his perception is like... You thought I couldn't handle it or you thought that you had to take all this on on your own. Well, how does that make me feel and how does that make the rest of the team feel? It feels like you think you're the best one to be handling all this stuff and that nobody else can rise to that occasion, like nobody else can be helpful to you. And I think she hadn't thought of it that way. I think she always thought of it as from a selfless place of like, I want to spare all these people. I want to take on that that batman mentality of like a lone vigilante just going it alone and i don't think she really thought of how other people would perceive that and coming from turner she it really lands you can see it land with her
1: yeah very much And i think even kind of personality wise like she was raised by a single mom Mm -hmm. and often through necessity a lot of kids of single parents take on a lot of responsibility for other people's feelings other people's emotions well what they can do to help um Mm -hmm. and and you know she probably has an element of that because she you know especially when her mom was going through medical school and all the rest of it Mm -hmm. and she watched her do that and she did it by herself and so as far as carrie's concerned you know it's it's a good thing to take on things and do them yourself it's you know it's a personality trait that's common (laughs) you shall say (laughs) um and you know i do think a lot of the reasoning for her doing it even though i'm sure she wanted to um, kind of protect Turner. I think for herself, she wanted to protect Bruce because Bruce. Yeah, you know she obviously has a very important kind of deep connection to Bruce. Even like Turner yeah. says, in a way she knew him better than Turner did. So if Bruce didn't want to tell Turner, then she's going to back up Bruce. Mm-hmm. um mm. Unfortunately, that does have an effect on Turner and other people, as Turner very clearly yes. makes her understand. Mm. Um, which, which I don't like it because, when my kids fight. It makes yeah. And I don't think, you know, I don't get the impression there was anything malicious in Carrie's yeah, no. intentions there at all. Of course not. No. Uh, and it was so well acted. Like Navia did such a great job mm-hmm. with that. Like, I just really felt for her during that scene. Um, but also for Turner, because, you know, that's a horrible thing to have somebody keep from you. Yeah. Um, And you do wonder, like, when was it going to come out if Bruce had lived? Because even when he's writing in the journal, he says um, when Turner finds out.
0: Yeah. Like there was definitely a plan to tell him. Like he was definitely going to tell him at some point, but why? Or at least
1: least we hope so. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going with that interpretation of what Mm -hmm. the journal says. Because there's absolutely no other reason that we are aware of why Turner would have found that out unless Bruce told him. um, Because Turner had very much... I wouldn't say moved on from the death of his parents, because I'm not sure that's a thing you move on from. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't investigating it or kind of digging it back up. He was moving on with his life. So Mm -hmm. there probably isn't any reason why he would have ever found that out if Bruce hadn't chosen to tell him. So, Hmm. mysteries. Mm -hmm. So many mysteries. (laughs) <laughs> i like this concept of the journals that we have because i feel like for future seasons they could pull so much from that for yep. kind of plot lines for future seasons and things so 100 like unfinished like business, business.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i guess yep you're just gonna have to let the show run for a gazillion more seasons <laughs> yes
1: but yeah timing i think carrie could have worked on her timing a little definitely a good thing <laughs> to tell turner but he probably didn't need additional stress at that point point just just physically speaking (laughs) but that is where um carrie makes her very specific mention that batman doesn't kill she she specifically says those words um which is is batman's one rule that that is the modern batman like raison d'etre they do not kill his his purpose is to save people not to (laughs) kill people um so many many questions i can't read my own handwriting this is a problem i have every week <laughs> have we gotten to the point yet? i was trying to remember where the con the conversation between um
0: cullen and harper when does that play is that next yes
1: yes okay. my next scribble is something to do with harper's moody ass so um <laughs> so it is the scene <laughs> the
0: scene is here <laughs> yes. So this is a very sweet uh twin conversation <laughs> as as I I love when the twins talk to each other because they don't really like they don't hold back when it comes to each other they're just very honest and very real. Um I love that Cullen is sending such mixed signals to Harper, and then Harper calls him out on it when yeah. he's like, Hey, like you were kind of rude to Stephanie earlier, and she's like, Well, what do you want me to do? You know, earlier I was being too nice to her, now I'm being too mean again. So that was very funny. I liked that. I did feel bad for her though, because she is clearly still. Really hurting from the last episode and from what she saw and what she thinks is going on between Stephanie and Turner. And I feel so badly for her. I just want to hug her. Um, I, I kind of can't wait to see them work that one out. <laughs> it's gonna be really funny. Um yep. but so she so she's like, hey, like what do you want from me? And then he has this really lovely moment where he's like, um, so I've been thinking about it. And I think even once we clear our names, like I want to stay here. Like, I want to stay with these people. Like, I don't want to leave them. And she's kind of a little bit like, well, like, why? Like, Like, if I can't be with Stephanie, what's the point? A little bit like, which is just such a Harper thing to do of just like, cut your losses and move on. Like yeah. don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them, you know, make you feel anything. Like just keep going. And when he like confesses that he sees them as a family,
1: like he just likes this family and he's never had this before. Yes. I was like, "Colin, and that beautiful line," which apparently um, Tyler takes the credit for mm-hmm. uh, on that one. That you know, why would they run away from something that finally made them feel whole? Like, oh, my emotions! My emotions came out of my eyes, and I didn't like it.
0: <laughs> Especially kicking off yep. Pride Month too, like that concept of found family, and and oh, like just everything with these two has been about found family and looking for the affection and the support they never really had growing up. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just so tough, and you could see Harper was like dang, oh, like, like, uh, Cullen, no, like, because she's so used to just being so independent and and being off on her own and just having her Mm -hmm. brother and not having to, and she clearly thinks it's a mistake on her part that she ever started to fall for Stephanie or fall for these people or want to be around them anymore. So for Cullen to actually put words on it and be like, hey, I actually really want to stay here. That's like her worst nightmare because she's like, I just, just got back to thinking that being a lone wolf was the best possible thing, you know.
1: Yes, but she does. I think for the rest of kind of the episode after this conversation, she just seemed to soften a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like we don't see a ton of her interacting with Stephanie necessarily yeah. from this point, um, but you know, she does seem to soften a little bit. So maybe she's she's taking on board what what Cullen's saying there, and maybe thinking, okay, maybe I'm overreacting a little, or maybe you know, maybe that's a possibility um who knows which which way she's mm-hmm. gonna go with that i know that i hope that she decides to stay with the gotham knights um yeah but who knows <laughs> there could be interesting storyline possibilities either way i think mm-hmm. but yeah i love me some harper so that was yeah moody bisexuals unite <laughs> <laughs>
0: relatable All as right. always
1: this is why they discover that turner needs a blood transfusion which is what stephanie has been working on she's been uh, sorry, Stephanie Harper has been working on while Stephanie runs off to to talk to Brody. <laughs> um, she's been working on researching radiation poisoning and also um, Dr. Leviticus. She was reading up on what happened to these these patients that they briefly mentioned in the previous episode where he was performing like unauthorized medical <laughs> procedures.
0: Super off the books, medical procedures. Yeah.
1: yeah. So uh, my question is, do we think that Dr. Leviticus is still alive? Ooh, because I mean, the 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 rock can give him immortality. The talons it's can true. live that long. So maybe he
0: yeah. is. That would be really fun to have, like a super yeah. old, like immortal guy coming around to like yes. give them advice. Yeah, I think I, I that's saw, actually, I saw one theory
1: out there that was like, Doctor Leviticus is Rebecca March, and I was like, Wait, <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> you know what? It's unhinged. Uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But I'll who go needs with it. Who needs it? To who needs it? To <laughs> that is that is like that's fantastic you know what I really like my hats off to whoever came up with that theory that is the kind of unhinged crap that I come up with when I have nothing when I don't know what's gonna happen
1: I'm like sure why not (laughs) I love that we've reached that point with the show now because I've spoken before about how I love that the show gives us these things. like They put down specific clues that we can pick mm-hmm. up and we can predict certain things that are going to happen. We can theorize, like, yeah, this is going to happen. And then, we, and then we can feel good for a bit. And we're like, yeah, I predicted <laughs> that. Woo! Called that one. Um, and then they turn around <laughs> and just you pull the rug out completely, um, which is just wonderful. Like, I just love the writing. I love the fact that we can predict <laughs> things exactly when they want us to, and then mm-hmm. when they want to surprise us, it comes completely out of left field. But then you look back and go, "Oh, actually, yeah, like perfect that makes sense." Because, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I like the idea of, of Doctor Leviticus still being alive. I also really like um, the way that they kind of played with the tension in this episode, where it's like Turner only has like so long to live, and then it's like, "Oh, actually, it's even worse than that." Turner has way less time to live than yes. King
1: I love ticking time clock episodes.
0: <laughs> Turner doesn't because all of yes. them have been focused on him lately. But uh, overall. <laughs>
1: He's having a rough time. He really is. And uh, by this point in the episode, it's fair to say he looks pretty awful. Like yeah. he's getting worse and worse. Um, it's
0: rough. It's really rough.
1: The pustules are erupting. Nasty. <laughs> and even Dweller's like, hey looking a little rough here (laughs) telling it like it is as usual (laughs) i love how she just like pulls down the edge of his shirt and everything about her face is just like gross okay
0: (laughs) and what i like about it too is that at first it's sort of the way that she played it It, at first it's almost like a flirty thing like "ooh, like let me see like what's under his shirt and then she sees those little pustules. She's like (laughs) like that's gross
1: yeah yeah like it could have been a great moment for her but it went downhill so fast Uh, the other thing that they discover during this Dr. Leviticus investigation is um, it specifically mentioned that all of his previous patients um, died within 24 hours. So that's what that cranks up this mm. this time clock even more here. And I think it was five hours, they said. Whenever yep. they do that in shows, I'm always like trying to watch and see if I get like a <laughs> realistic feel for the time hey, going. Yeah. Does this sometimes feel like they're hours. like, "Oh, we've got ten minutes to defuse this bomb," and you're like, "Well, there's forty oh, minutes God. of the episode left." So, <laughs> like... so I think you have a little more than that, actually. <laughs> yeah, but no, this one, this one felt felt really good in in yeah. terms of the timing. Very stressful. Um, so Stephanie talks to Brody, tells him, you know. Sorry, can't call. The police bad news. First <laughs> of it, um, and Brody goes off. We think with with kind of his head straight, like he's going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Stephanie's mm-hmm. talked to him, and he's going to get the evidence for Stephanie, which is the all important part. He's going to get yep. this video. So she's very excited that she can go back to the Gotham Knights and tell them that hey, like we have evidence that proves what really happened. We can clear on names This is you know the one bright spark in everything that's currently going on yep. right now
0: <laughs> I mean Turner is actively dying but yay we have we yeah. can clear our
1: names <laughs> Carrie is very much not on board with the blood transfusion in the attic being slightly <laughs> more <laughs> medically educated than the others one would guess having um and her mom actually be in that field yep um and it turns out there's this little line kind of dropped in here that Carrie told Stephanie about Bruce. So like now she's told Turner, she's clearly like opening herself up to <laughs> confessing. She's to like, I everybody. gotta tell everybody
0: now. <laughs> so now everybody um, knows.
1: <laughs> but I do wonder if that was kind of a little bit of a reaction to the conversation that she had with Turner, that she's taking it on board that she shouldn't be doing this lone yeah. wolf thing. She should be giving information and sharing with other people and maybe telling Stephanie is like the least scary of the other options. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> It's true so yeah i I was very interested just to hear that little line that she had told stephanie so stephanie is now aware of this whole situation and goes to talk to turner about it and i mean here you go off you go Uh, i know you, you you're gonna have thoughts and feelings here so
0: so first of all when i watched the promo last week and they showed the little clip of stephanie leaning over to kiss turner I was yes. like, "Where is the show going?" I thought I had, I thought I knew where it was going. Now I don't know. And this is this is my lesson once again that the promos are always designed to make you feel that way because they want you to watch the episode to find out what happens.
1: So I should yep. just not watch the, the purpose of a promo, right? That's there. why the promos <laughs> exist. So, I Stephanie, it's my fault. Down... <laughs> I bullied you into watching the promo like the second we were done recording. She did. She did because bully me. she wanted I, I was... me to see that. I was so excited that I had predicted correctly about the radiation um, poisoning (laughs) because when he started throwing up, I was thinking about the fact that meteorites are radioactive, and so I wanted Jules to see it so that she could <laughs> see that I was right because
0: they say and, and instead. And instead, she shows me this abomination of a kiss between Stephanie and Turner. I, I shouldn't say that. It was a very nice kiss. If Stephanie had been into it, I'm sure it would have been great. Um, but what in what is a very funny moment aside from being very yes. heartfelt uh she leans which into turner the kids, handles very well which we turner handles say. very well turner for being sick <laughs> being really tired and dealing with a lot of emotional revelations like really takes it on board is a, is a fantastic ally in that moment um she leans over she kisses him she kind of sits back up and she's like oh yeah didn't really feel anything from that there was no spark there was nothing and he's kind of like okay um that's so something I that did. Uh, like what happened, and the way that she describes it is so interesting because mm. she's like so close to getting it. Like she's in that phase of like realization about herself where she's like this close to the to what's really happening. She's like, well, you know, before when I kissed Brody, I just figured it was because I wasn't into Brody. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I thought that's she, why I didn't she, feel She's anything. never felt that spark with so Brody first either. Of all, which, first of all, sorry, Brody. Brody. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> that really yes. sucks for you, my friend. Um, cuz I mean, the last time we saw them making out, they were like fully making out. They were like on their way to like a very exciting evening together. The fact that she felt nothing, that's a little bit scary for Breppy. Um, and then she says to Turner, "Well, you know, you and I are best friends. So I figured like if I kissed you, I would feel something." And it's like, "Oh, honey, that's not how this works. That's not
1: how any I of this works. I <laughs> absolutely love that they are including it this way though. Yes. Ass- I mean, assuming that that's where they're going with this yeah, because yeah, yeah. do we trust these writers at this point? I'm not even sure. Absolutely. Um, I do. <laughs> but, I tr- I trust them. Yeah, I trust them on this, for sure. Um, I trust them on
0: the gay stuff, you know? I think they've got that covered.
1: <laughs> but I love the fact that they are including this because there is so much representation for that feeling uh-huh. of if I perform this enough, yep. a- eventually i'll get it like yeah. it'll like eventually it'll click like the spark will come eventually if i yes. if i do this with brody and continue performing this heteronormative thing that yeah. i think i'm supposed to want it will work out it'll work out it'll um, be perfect i mean so so many people have that experience yeah um and it's not even it and some people it's not even a case of like oh i'm afraid to be anything that's not normal i'm i'm in a situation that you know, like People on a podcast can't see my little air quotes at normal here, but I have (laughs) thoughts on the word normal, but (laughs) it's not even necessarily a fear. It's just that they assume that they're going to be a certain way because that's the default. And so like, surely, surely that's, that's how it works. Right. I'm going to keep going and eventually
0: it's what you see and what you can connect with because, you know, it took me an embarrassingly long amount of time (laughs) to realize that I was queer and the main reason why I got there was because like over all these years I would see depictions of like quote unquote and I'm doing air quotes now like what like a lesbian would look like what like a bisexual person would look like and none of it fit me like none of it fit my life so that's not how the real that's not how the real world is like there's a lot of people out there but I would sit there and go oh well I I can't be because that's just not ignoring the fact that I like fully had crushes on women my entire life, but I just labeled it as like, oh, we're just really good friends. You know, just the the way that your mind plays these tricks on you. And you can see Stephanie literally having that moment of like, oh, well, that's interesting data. Now, isn't it? I thought that maybe I like Turner and it turns out I don't, at least not in that way. And Turner almost has this moment of like, you can see in his face where he's like, I think I know where you're going with this, but I'm not gonna
1: step on that and like try to tell you what, what you should. Yeah, be doing. I love that he didn't though. Yeah. Like he, that's clearly he that's her good. journey. And yeah, she has exactly. to take it. And he's not gonna he's not gonna hurry her with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, but you can definitely see like some inkling of like, I have a few ideas. Yeah, but yeah, I'm going to yeah. let like, you like, get there on your own. <laughs>
0: like. Yeah. And what I liked about that moment, too, is that it leaves open a lot of doors for Stephanie in terms of, like, her identity because yes. you could perceive it a couple different ways, right? Mm-hmm. You could perceive it as she's a lesbian, and that's yep. why she hasn't felt anything for Brody or for Turner. Um, yep. You could also perceive it in some ways as her being asexual, too. Yeah, Because the fact that, that she felt definite. nothing. Yep. That is a you point know, like that that's I was going to bring up also. Yep. And that's that's certainly something that could be there. And she could feel a spark for Harper and feel romantically attracted to her and not be sexually attracted to her, too, which is, you know, a possibility. There's a lot of different possibilities. She hasn't figured it out yet. We're not ahead of Stephanie in assuming where she's at. We're exactly where she's at, where she's like, huh. Interesting. Interesting.
1: I'm going to go think about that for a minute. Yeah, I really do think that that's kind of the way Stephanie would frame it for herself too. Like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I have this data about myself. Yes. <laughs> yes,
0: and that's how Anna played it, which was so perfect because yes. I think that people assume, like, especially people who are straight and haven't had that experience, think that like coming out is just like this one thing that you do or this mm-hmm. one moment you have where you just wake up one morning and you're like, aha, like I got it. But it's really it not like the it, answer. It, exactly. Like, this is the answer I've been looking for. But it's, it sort of happens over time and all these little moments add up. And you can see her adding up the little moments, like, like in her face, like you can see her kind of being like, okay, that's another thing to write down in the notebook. That's another thing to file yeah. away didn't think about a little bit you know it was just yeah, so well done it was so-
1: it's, it's never as simple as like one plus one equals sapphic it's more like <laughs> one plus two minus one plus with that like there's, there's a road there's a journey please,
0: someone please make me a pride shirt that says one plus one equals sapphic i'll wear it to every parade i go to this month. <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's amazing that's the greatest thing <laughs> oh my god but it's true i mean it's true You you. Yeah. Move all over the place, you know. It's chaos reigns when you're trying to figure out what exactly, your and you have is.
1: to allow people the fluidity for uh-huh. that to change. Like, yeah. especially like I mean, she's young. Like mm. Stephanie is young. She's definitely still figuring things out. It could be definitely. a while before she gets there. Before she actually, or because I feel like she is a very analytical person. She probably can be like, okay, well, I'm going to decide a new hypothesis to test. <laughs> I wonder who can help me test this. <laughs> I know exactly who should help you test that
0: hypothesis. I have ideas about that. But I, I did also like, because less less earth shattering, but still there was the realization that I think Turner had, which is that he is also not into Stephanie that way. Um, yes. Because they've kind of had in the last few episodes, Turner's been doing this thing. And I've been like, Hmm, Turner, you stop that now where he's kind of been like, wow, Stephanie, you know, you've just always been there for me and, and you've been my friend for so long. And I don't know what I would do without you. And I'm like, mm stop stop there's another ship I like better for you stop doing that and in that moment you kind of saw him be like yeah nope we're friends like that would, like nope like I any
1: love that though oh, it's so good I, in one of our early episodes I think I kind of opined on this a little bit that like mm-hmm. I really love the representation of guess what male presenting people and female presenting people yep. really can just, be, just good friends. be friends
0: and that's <laughs> like- okay Oh, it was so good. It reminds me of, and I promise I will only say this one line about my beloved Nancy Drew, which is back on the CW this week and has been taking over mine. <laughs> just, just that little plug there. <laughs> just, just a little plug there. Um, but there's two characters on that show who, within like the first two or three episodes the boy i'm not gonna say the name but the boy has a crush on this other girl character and it's kind of commented on by the other characters everyone sort of laughs about it she avoids him like the plague and it comes out that she's a lesbian and she hasn't told anybody in this new town yet that she's moved to she doesn't really feel comfortable and the second that she tells him that like listen i'm sorry i'm not interested i'm not into men (laughs) as a general rule i'm not into men he immediately tells her no no worries we'll just be friends And I'll be your platonic anchor, he calls it, being her platonic anchor and they shorten it to platanker and it's this very cute thing. But I love the representation whenever I have a sapphic person whose best friend is a cishet guy who is just unconditionally supportive of her. I love that dynamic so much and I I see it coming with Stephanie and Turner and I love it. Yes.
1: And you know what, as it's the first day of Pride Month when we're recording this, I feel like Mm -hmm. we just need to say that in general, there is not enough Sapphic representation in yep. media. There's really not, but we're getting there in general with queer people in general. Uh-huh. Um, gay men have kind of led the way, like we have. We've seen a, yeah. a, a few kind of key key gay men, and look, the Sapphics need to catch up.
0: <laughs> we've we so. been so close, and yet so far with so many shows, we've had stuff like First Kill, which was excellent, and yes. I'm mourning the loss of that trashy, wonderful Sapphic show. Um, But I feel like Sharper has a real shot of being like a really great sapphic relationship to root for because we just... Yes. And 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 I would
1: especially love it if it was a relationship between Mm -hmm. a bisexual woman and a lesbian woman because there's still Mm -hmm. so much biphobia out there right now Mm -hmm. that I would absolutely love to see that like no there's really no
0: scenario that i won't (laughs) accept here like (laughs) because because if they if it's a lesbian bisexual relationship fantastic that's great we don't see a lot of representation of that that's that's wonderful um if stephanie is asexual i think that's huge there are first of all no asexual character there's like very very few asexual characters whether you're talking yes. about cable or you're talking about broadcast it's one of the consistent issues that glad has brought up every single year with their media report of like hey mm-hmm. yet again there's like two asexual characters on all of television so that would be huge exactly but also because
1: sex sells, or the potential yeah, of sex sells. the
0: potential of sex sells, and and it's also but, i feel like it's the mm-hmm. sort of thing where it's difficult to describe asexuality to a straight audience in a way yes. that like is packageable and easy like you can easily be like love is love you know like kind of make yeah because people can really love they, they understand you can understand kind how of that love. happens yeah. they don't understand how asexuality works so if, if, and also most of the characters who are asexual there's like a, they try to come up with a reason for it it's not just like that this character is asexual it's like here's all these other things going on like they're an alien and they don't you know whatever like there's never just like a natural yeah. like this person's just asexual and for somebody like stephanie Who's like the pretty blonde, like young girl to come out and be like, oh, I'm asexual. That would also be really huge. Like that's yeah, a massive would,
1: step forward. For there's absolutely no representation out there. Um, especially in, like you were saying earlier, especially none that's like, okay, well, I can love you, but I don't want to have sex with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah, that there's none of that. Um uh we we do know that Stephanie is at least not sex repulsed, or at least yeah. uh, I assume that was where that was going with Brody. Um <laughs> but But again, those are two separate things. People can be asexual and choose to have sex. So um, still many, many options out there. She was just getting
0: another data point for the graph. You know, she had to know if it is going all the way enough. Like, is
1: that going to make it better? Yeah. Is that what's going to tip me over into into making this work? I don't (laughs) know. Oh Stephanie, uh, but yeah, it was just so well. At least for done. now, until until we're given an answer, I am adopting uh, her as my baby lesbian. Yes, and <laughs>
0: our, our little baby <laughs> And just 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 figuring things out about herself day by day. Um, and and God bless Turner, our cis head ally. As far as we know, as far I shouldn't as we put know, that label yeah, on him. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but you know, as far as we know, our cis head ally just being like, "Yeah, you should think about that. You should probably think about why that is. Uh, and yeah. get back to me <laughs> when you have more."
1: <laughs> But I, do I that really is. want to know if he's gonna like bring that up at some point in the future. <laughs> Be like,
0: so, so,
1: how's it um, going with the the sparks and stuff? Have,
0: have you done <laughs> any Have you done any Google searching, maybe about you know? What's the... Um, what does it the, mean the, if I don't like to kiss boys? <laughs> yeah. the, the am I gay quiz? The heart stopper am I gay oh, quiz? The heart stopper am I gay quiz? <laughs>
1: yep. oh. uh, too relatable. I just, I want good things for Stephanie. Okay. I do. I do.
0: <laughs> but I'm glad that we had that scene because it brought my blood pressure down from the all-time high that it was when I watched the promo. Because I was like, I love these writers. These writers wouldn't do me so dirty like that. I know they wouldn't. I know they wouldn't do this. And I was right.
1: <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> oh, I, I i love the tease of it because obviously yes you know they choose what goes in the promo or mm-hmm. at least the the showrunners may not i don't know i don't know who chooses what goes in promos I think it's
0: actually i think it's the marketing department i don't necessarily
1: yeah. know that the showrunners have the exactly to but um, decide that so it was definitely a tease putting it in the promo <laughs> whoever it was <laughs> that controls that they knew Geniuses. they knew what they were doing.
0: <laughs> they but specifically I, I were like, it. let's make her mad. <laughs> let's make
1: Jules so mad yes. so she tunes it next week. <laughs> yeah. Next time they're just gonna release the promo and they're just gonna at you at the same time. <laughs> yeah. In the the aftermath of this this sparkless kiss and and the conversation around it is <laughs> when we get the GCPD pulling up and um <laughs> disrupting everything at the belfry. Um I was Amazed apart, but I was throwing away so many different things in and around my brain when they pulled up because I was like, "Okay, first of all, Lincoln said that he knew where they were. You know where they were going to be, and I, yeah. obviously that made sense. He could track the the radiation, or he may have had a million and one other ways of working out where they were. I guess, or
0: honestly, but- it's kind of an obvious place to hide, and it's been a bit of a miracle that nobody has thought to check the belfry until now. Um, they've gotten a little lucky, which is fine. They deserve it."
1: I I think there was a conversation somewhere where someone was like, should we check the old bell tower at the the high school? And someone else was like, dude, this is not Scooby-Doo. We don't need to go check that. And then off they went. Um, I like to think there was at least a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) There was a conversation at some point. When in in, fact it actually (laughs) is
0: Scooby-Doo. It actually very much is is. (laughs) Scooby-Doo. I just like yes literally I love seeing the GCPD roll up in their little hazmat suits like ready to to handle whatever's coming in I love um, the fact that <laughs> there were
1: several police officers not wearing the hazmat suits <laughs> that were just kind of chilling <laughs> behind the hazmat ones like hey you go <laughs> you go first like the guns and stuff you you go and do the that stuff
0: (laughs) which was great um i loved the chaos of them trying to hide everything in the belfry and like stick it all away and like get rid of everything so that nobody could find it um that was a fantastic plan i felt so bad for turner because i know how i feel when i'm really sick and i don't feel like getting up from the couch and this poor man is just being
1: dragged being holed up by (laughs) cullen and carrie i believe
0: (laughs) just being yanked right out of there which is really cute and then the best scene of the episode i think or at least the biggest laugh that i got was out of (laughs) stephanie's genius plan (laughs) to throw them off the scent because basically what they figure out is that okay if we can get turner underground it's harder for them to track the radiation that's coming off of him we just need to come up with some excuse for why they would have been summoned here like why they would have seen the radiation here and stephanie sits there (laughs) Bong and just goes oh my god please don't tell my parents the second they (laughs) show up it was so good it was anna absolutely killed me her facial expression
1: yes the comedic timing was wonderful (laughs) absolutely loved that and we'd been having so much tension like for the entire episode like just that little Meet break was yeah we just timed. needed a
0: second to just crack up at like and the fact that it works is honestly the best part of the whole thing is that they did not question it they were like oh okay i guess we just got a false alarm here she mentions later she like said some like fake story about like, oh it must have been something in like the chemistry lab and they were like yeah, but sure like, this
1: lead in the <laughs> something yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah And somehow the GCPD is like, well, you know what? They're super incompetent. So like fully understandable that they would have just been like, all right, fine. That makes sense, I guess. I just, the fact they got away with it was great. The way they got away with it was even better.
1: Amazing. Um, So they mention while Stephanie is distracting the entire GCPD, they (laughs) are going to take Turner down into the tunnels, but they don't actually tell us at the time, like where they're going to take him. They're just into the tunnels. Go down there. (laughs) Into the tunnels. Um, and it turns out that they take him through the tunnels and um, they take him to hospital. Thank goodness, because that is where he needs to be. Uh, yep. But I do want to mention one tiny shot that I absolutely loved just just before we move on to that section. So we see... Um, everybody in in the belfry just grabbing what they can to quickly Uh get out and and we see dwella taking the time to make sure that she has her her joker card Mm -hmm. that she's had since the beginning of the episode which is very apt because um our next episode is i believe called daddy issues (laughs) so i think you know (laughs) (laughs) exactly yes (laughs) yep so they're quickly hiding their stuff i love that they have like geiger counters and stuff chilling there and they just throw a blanket over them Because that's how incompetent the GCPD is. Literally, that's how incompetent
0: they are. They didn't even lift a blanket. It's it's like when you're in college and they talk about like, oh, if if you have stuff in your room, you know, just put it inside like a drawer because like the RAs can't open drawers. Like Because apparently they're not allowed to open drawers without like probable cause or something. So that was always the thing. It was like, well, if you have something you're not supposed to have, put it in a drawer before room check and then they can't look. So I'm glad that the GCPD... Is operating with the same
1: level of ability as a freshman RA at an American <laughs> college. Yep, I think it probably especially so because they probably really didn't want to be there. Like if you turned up no. at work and was like, "Hey, we want you to track this radioactive boy," you're just like, "Um, am I paid enough for this?"
0: <laughs> to track this radioactive boy, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Turner Hayes, radioactive boy. <laughs> That's his next comic reincarnation.
0: Uh, I mean, many a great superhero has been made from falling into toxic waste or being exposed to radiation. So you never know. Maybe this is. Maybe he's on his way.
1: (laughs) Hey, I was talking last episode about the five metals that, if you know, a person touches them, um, and one of them involves Batman falling into a lake of said material. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) okay, (laughs) it's a good, it's a good trope. It's a solid trope. What can I say? (sighs) okay. So, radioactive boy aside. I, I think we're gonna have to go back to Brody now in order for the rest of the, the rest of the episode to make sense. Oh. We're gonna have to go back to Brody.
0: Poor Brody. This like legitimately like hurt like when, when this whole sequence with him, um, because Brody is trying to do the right thing. As we said earlier, he really has this absolute love and soft spot for his mom. He wants to make sure that she's safe because in his view and, and in our view, you know, mm-hmm. so far. Uh, he's worried that his father will do something to his mom if if this comes out or that that she's in some kind of danger. And so she he immediately goes to her and tells her, like basically everything, like doesn't hold back. It's like, this is how I found out the information. This is who told me the information. Dad's a killer. Like, I know all this stuff. Here's exactly where I found the evidence. This is why I think that this is true. Did you know that there's a conspiracy? Like like literally, this poor boy gives her all the information she needs. She reacts in a way that initially made sense to me because it was very much this like um like victim of abuse mindset the way that she was acting and i could understand mm-hmm. like why she was hesitant to leave like and it really felt like he broke through to her like it felt like he was like okay like get some stuff we're going to go she's like yes totally i'm with you i i'm <laughs> i'm with you let's do this um and then um. I, <laughs> and then not so much um she turns around and stabs him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's any other way to preface that.
1: And it's like it was like a hug stab, which was the saddest part. He looked so sad. I was I felt terrible for him. And that was so sad, but the most uh, chilling thing about this entire episode was how not sad she looked. She, she was, was just stone cold. Yes. Absolutely stone cold. Just as nothing. she stabs her son.
0: She's which like, which plays that's into what you my get. theory.
1: Well, which plays into my theory that she maybe knew that she wasn't losing him. Maybe. maybe. Because Do we... you, you would think there was at least some motherly instinct um, there. I, now that she'd we've be a seen little bit this, sad. Rebecca,
0: I don't see uh, any sadness in this lady. My question uh-huh. is, is he really her son?
1: Well, well, that's a whole... Because...
0: Neither of these two people, like Rebecca and Lincoln, don't necessarily seem like like parents for the sake of parents to me. Like, could they have potentially
1: simply been raising him? Well, that's a question. That's a question (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Um, that's a question. I don't know. I don't know. We've seen anything that contradicts that theory. I don't think we've seen anything (laughs) that contradicts that. Um. Either the that, or reason, she's just I'm a not psychopath. You know. I'm not on board know? with that theory. I just, at the moment, I don't need that theory to to back up anything else. <laughs> so I'm going to put that one in my back pocket.
0: Put it away. Put it, put a pin in that for a while. I mean, it's true that uh, she could but, also just be like a sociopath and like it is her kid, but like she's just she doesn't yeah, see like she but, sees him as a means to an end and not
1: like.
0: Yeah, I, a I child. think the
1: options to me are either that she is just that stone cold, and well, he's unfortunately got himself in a situation where I'm going to have to remove him and. The other option is that she was okay with removing him and it didn't bother her at all because she knew that he was going to heal and come back. Because maybe during this root canal that he had, <laughs> maybe a little something was left behind.
0: I do think it was it's interesting. It's my theory. I don't it's know. A, no, actually, I really like that theory because it's it would be a really fun easy thing to throw in there that like in the moment doesn't feel like much and then mm-hmm. in hindsight like totally makes sense and i love the way that they had lincoln react <laughs> to this whole Ooh, thing as lincoln. well so lincoln comes in and it is immediately clear and i hate this expression but i think that it fits it's immediately clear who wears the pants in this relationship like who is in charge yes. in this relationship and it's not never lincoln never seen
1: them alone together no before really have nope. we other th- other than when he came in and find out found out about Harvey, yes, um which i don't you know that really wasn't that kind of interaction between them otherwise no. all the time we've seen them together they've been out in public they've been kind yep. of performing th- their exactly. roles um being observed so- in
0: some way like it just it hasn't been like organically just the two of them which oh boy <laughs> did that change the dynamic between those two <laughs> just this one Ooh, little yeah. scene That we see that no, it has not been Lincoln who's been the mastermind behind all of this. It has been Rebecca and Lincoln is her underling. Like Lincoln very much takes the orders from her, not the other way
1: around. Um, and it very much seems like Rebecca probably wants people to think that Lincoln is the Mm -hmm. one in charge. Like she wants plausible deniability for herself. Yep. Here. So yep, he can he can be the one in charge and she's just pulling those strings in the background clearly
0: and it was the the way that she talked to him with just such disdain in her voice when she's like yeah so your dumbass left evidence around because that's just what men do they leave evidence around
1: men Men are the worst
0: i was like go off feminist queen look at you go (laughs) like (laughs) i mean you're evil but points were made (laughs) like it's totally fair your evil uh,
1: points were made that is how jules justifies her love for every Listen. villain ever
0: <laughs> it's a problem i know it's a problem okay i'm just refusing to get help um but yeah no that moment was very very well played um by the actress who plays rebecca i, I loved that moment so much i loved the way that lincoln just changed in front of our eyes like we've all been like genuinely like looking at him like a very scary figure and like someone that Mm -hmm. we should fear. And in that moment, he just turns into this like sad, kicked puppy.
1: Like he's just like, oh, I really did Um, mess up. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. It. I mean, it doesn't indicate that Lincoln himself is not scary. Like he's clearly a scary, scary man. We saw him kill Cressida. We saw him do all these other things. So he's clearly scary. So then you have to wonder what he's scared of (laughs) up above him. Is clearly even scarier <laughs> Yes. So that was uh, awesome. I love that we, moment. We got my absolute favorite line in <laughs> I'm pretty sure the entire season so far. Um, which is where she just turns to him and just with like this this barely contained frustration, <laughs> orders him to go get a mop. <laughs> and he just stands there for a split second and then just does it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness it was oh
0: my god it was so perfect I, I Mal and I were talking a little bit before we started recording and Mal was mentioning that that particular moment she's already seen like stickers of and I have too like people moved really fast on that yes. particular line because it was so good and it was such a twist that I like I genuinely was not expecting at all so it really landed with me <laughs>
1: Yes. And I, I'm gonna direct everybody to uh Chad Fibash's Twitter account again for <laughs> Lego Gotham Nights this week because there's a little almost like almost like a little bonus scene, Lego bonus scene that he provided of uh Lincoln doing the mopping. <laughs> So that little off-camera cleanup, we have um, we have a, a Lego scene for which absolutely amazing. That one so is definitely in my like top three of the, of the Legos so far. Loved it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, poor Brody, like, what the heck?
1: I felt yeah, we so we've, bad for we've him. not really talked about Brody in this scene at all yet, even though he's the one who just got stabbed.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, he did. He just got stabbed after like a really emotional like attempt to like save his mother, and and <laughs> went completely awry um just just a really bad day for brody i think he i mm, i think he beats harvey dent for worst day ever
1: in this particular episode in this particular in this particular episode, episode yeah.
0: i think he might actually come out ahead because you know harvey's I mean, still he, alive at the end of it so he ends
1: up in a coffin so you know you
0: <laughs> which we have to talk about that later that? we yes. have to talk about that moment later because that is my worst fear <laughs> and so we have to keep talking about that <laughs> <later>. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Oh but we goodness. so we get that huge reveal and we're like reeling from that huge reveal. That's just a, a
1: massive moment. The Gotham knights get Turner through the tunnel. They're dragging his sweaty, pustule-ridden ass through the tunnels <laughs> under Gotham. <laughs> um apparently they somehow snuck him into a hospital. Then Carrie is insistent that no one saw again. This hospital is two OSHA violations away from being Look, shot. They're still in, in my head, they're still recovering from being like blown up in the dark night. So <laughs> I mean, like legitimately, I do think it's really funny that Carrie, who people at the hospital
0: know because her mm-hmm. mom works there, and she hangs around there. Like they know her face. I find it hilarious that Carrie somehow managed to get this guy who can barely move himself into this room, secluded. Make sure nobody can see anyone. It was just really funny. I'm glad that she did yeah. it. I'm very. And happy it that appears she
1: did. that he's pretty much unconscious by that point. Yeah, like by the time she's got a minute. So was she <laughs> just, just like hauling up. him through the corridors? <laughs>
0: When they actually open the curtain to show him like in that horror because hospital lighting doesn't do anything for anyone, all right. I can't tell you how many night shifts I've been on where I've looked in the mirror like during a shift and been like, ooh, that's not, <laughs> that's not what I thought I looked like. So then looking at poor Turner, who's already pale and covered in these little like boils everywhere and just like is not having a good time. He looks so much worse yes. than he did before. So that was really I felt felt firm there too. I love that Carrie goes to her mom and is like, mom mom like like I need you like mom I need you like like I can't tell you why but you really need to drop everything that you're doing because her mom's like you know in charge of a lot of other patients at that moment yes so it was very funny the way she was like no like I'm serious like I really need you yes
1: I'd love to know what her mom's reaction would have been if she'd have gone (laughs) off into this room with her and she would have been like I'm having a homework issue (laughs) <laughs> like, so much trouble. So much trouble. <laughs> so much trouble.
0: But I think it's because Carrie doesn't do that, that her mom yeah. knows that this is legit. Because Carrie, like we are talking about earlier, Carrie has been very self-sufficient her whole life, just kind of be- by virtue of her mom being gone a lot and like having to work and all these things. So I think... When Carrie is standing there being like, I need your help. Mom's like, someone's dead. <laughs> like, like, like yeah, this is like, something very bad has happened for Carrie to be asking me for help yes. at work. Like, while I'm here, like, on shift. And um, she's not wrong because no, uh, Carrie brings her a wrong. whole lot of trouble here at work. <laughs> a
1: lot of things.
0: Yep. I love that we just have <laughs> that the- Carrie's mom is like, okay, we're shutting the door. Um, because the, the radiation exposure in this hospital. So we're gonna start there. But second of all, like she's just very like, I cannot believe that you brought me this boy, this radioactive boy. This radioactive boy <laughs> who is also the most wanted criminal in Gotham. Like I feel bad for Carrie's mom having to absorb that much information at once where it's like, okay. Carrie's he's... mom
1: was incredibly frustrated when she thought that Carrie was skipping a couple of classes. She's gone from skipping a couple of classes to hauling around half-dead radioactive <laughs> criminals.
0: And I also love that after they finish like fixing Turner, like after they they do everything they need to do and, and medically fix him. And Carrie's like, listen, here's the thing. You really can't call GCPD because, like, I'm also, like, super all over these crimes. And, like, if you do that, I will get arrested. And her mom is just like, no more of this. Like, whatever we've been doing, not happening anymore. You are grounded for forever. Like, this is not (laughs) happening ever
1: again. (laughs) Like, if if Carrie thinks that she is ever leaving their apartment (laughs) again, she is wrong.
0: Because you know like, what? Her mom's not wrong. Like, I understand that we know that Turner's innocent. I understand, like, we know all these extenuating circumstances. As far as Carrie's mom knows, Carrie just dragged in this kid who she who is a murderer, yep. who is radioactive, and then also spirited him away before the police could be called. Like, it's a lot to take in for her. I and think I think what I
1: want to know is, like, at some point during this treatment, did she ever explain to her mom why Turner was radioactive?
0: <laughs> I I think I think they might have been in a I'm not gonna ask stage with that. I think her mom was like, I'm already open to enough legal liability as it is. I'm just not gonna ask it. But at the
1: same time, I feel like somewhere in the back of her mom's head, there would have been a question of like, is this a public health issue? Like, do we have are there more radioactive people? Am I about to get a busload of radioactive patients from like the other side of town? I and mean, that's you know how you what? know you live in Gotham Literally. when you would just <laughs> accept a busload of radioactive patients, yeah. and be like, well. This is a Wednesday.
0: I think, yeah, no, she was just like, nope, you know what? I know how to fix this, which like again is something that, like, you know, radiation poisoning doesn't happen like every day, you know, like in, in a typical emergency room. Yeah. Like, like they don't get like a daily radiation poisoning case either. So like people would be freaking out if like a radioactive person was like brought into the emergency room. You know, there's procedures for how to deal with this. Like they get in an isolated room, they're kept away from everybody. People who go in have all kinds of protections. Not not no PPE in sight. We're just running right in, doing everything we need to do. Not so much. All of the PPE is in use on the
1: COVID ward. They don't have any to spare right now.
0: (laughs) None for the radioactive patient. We're so sorry. Um, but yeah, I appreciate as someone in the medical profession, I did appreciate her mom just being like, "What?" <laughs> it was awesome. Um, yeah. I love Carrie's mom so much. She's one of my favorite like recurring characters that we don't see all that often, but like whenever she shows up,
1: it's always really good. <laughs> yeah, she is great, and obviously she honors her oath. She's she's mm-hmm. gonna make sure that Turner is okay because that, as a medical professional, is what yep. she has That's to do. do. Um, which she points out to Carrie, like just because he's a criminal, like I'm gonna do this, but but we we are not done
0: you you and I are having a conversation (laughs) and you can tell the look on Carrie's face is like yeah like you know what fair and that's that's a fair conversation to have like yeah Point. <laughs> well, just... especially because she has to explain that she was Batman's sidekick. That's the thing. It's not even just that she can't give like any context. Like she's like, no, no, no. The thing is, I was Batman's sidekick for a while there. So then her mom has to absorb that information too. That like for probably like years, Mary has been sneaking out yeah. to be Batman. At that sidekick. point, it's
1: like if if your daughter comes to you and says out loud, "I was a superhero sidekick, and now I'm dragging a radioactive boy into your world. Like, are you? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to accept this at face value. Or are we like, do I need to section a member of my own family? Like, no, what do no. we?
0: Carrie's Car- mom was like, I-, I appreciate that she's a straight shooter. I think, and I think that she looked at the situation and was like, what's more likely that my daughter is making this up, or yeah. that this is true? Given that there is a radioactive Turner sitting in front of her, <laughs> yeah. clearly, and I
1: think it's one of those things that's like too ridiculous to not be true. Uh-huh. Like, if she was yeah. going to make something up. She would have shot lower, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Aim low. <laughs> it's too hard of a lie. You can't
0: you can't back out of that.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, but the important thing is that Turner does get the help that he needs. Yes. Um, it seems like he still needs a few tests to run, which I can imagine there are a lot of tests to run when you're a radioactive <laughs> boy. so yeah,
0: yeah, they they did a great job of um not running any of the tests that you would run. i I, I appreciate that Carrie's mom was like, okay, so like, you know, there's some other things that we should probably do to like make sure he's all right. and then he's already gone. <laughs> like, she's like, we could do all these other things. and Carrie's like, Um, nah. well about that. <laughs> <laughs> about that we don't really have to do any of those things so those are strictly optional i think
1: yeah if if he's not radioactive anymore we will deal with the rest ourselves we can do transfusions <laughs> in addicts it's fine <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm surprised she didn't walk out of there with like supplies on her like she didn't take stuff yeah. to like run an IV or something but anyway
1: so yeah. thank well you she problem. already had a backpack full of generic supplies that she grabbed <laughs> earlier while they didn't okay. know what was wrong with him but she was just covering the bases i just, guess just got everything <laughs> i hope it, she at least had some like bandages for the pustules in there <laughs> ugh,
0: but, i know poor kid <laughs> ugh, ugh, ugh. but so he's um, cured He's cured. Yes. Which, is, <laughs> which he's, is great. It's great. Because they, because they got the um irradiation levels down enough that the electron could do its job, which was to heal him. So yes. that's so part so of why Carrie of was so confident that he was
1: ickiness. to heal up and go away. Yes.
0: Which is which is really good for him that the ickiness went away because um, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you want to look your best for certain for certain moments that happen. <laughs>
1: Yeah, interesting. Hmm.
0: Okay. I like that Mal is making sure currently that we didn't miss any major. Yeah, play-
1: I'm like, hang on, did we miss <laughs> and any? And I'm like,
0: can we talk about the library scene? Can, can, we, we, can, can we go we there? talk about it yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, we got it because the thing is, we're going to have to get that squee in before we talk about Harvey because Harvey's going to be too long of a conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're just going to have to come back to, to Harvey. So let, <laughs> let's do it. Let's go there.
0: Is, is it actually though did we not miss anything i, I don't want to squeeze and miss something important
1: i <laughs> really think that if we're avoiding the hobby parts i generally think we didn't miss anything so uh-huh. we should point out just because it's a key point for the future i'm sure that mm. um rebecca did send a text as brody to ah, stephanie yes yes so stephanie is completely unaware that there is any issue with brody she just <laughs> thinks that he's not okay <laughs> definitely not okay um But what she does think is that the evidence is gone and that they're not going to be able to have, which is very sad news for the Gotham Knights. They were this close. They were this close to having something where they could prove their innocence.
0: And I have to Um, point out how she sent that text because it it was a quick moment, but damn was it cool. She uses Brody's face ID on his dead body to open his phone to send the text and then immediately dunks it in water but in like such a just a dismissive like boom done phone's gone like just i'm sorry there's only only
1: two options there for me she's either completely cold as ice (laughs) through to the core (laughs) or she is angry at turner for forcing him to forcing her to air quotes fake his death. <laughs> we don't we don't we don't quite know yet. We'll we'll discuss I, at the I end. Say cold as um, I say cold
0: as ice. I say cold as ice. Yeah, continue, yeah. We'll I'm, I'm feeling cold as
1: ice, but I'm keeping the other option on the back burner. But <laughs> um but yeah back at back at the Belfry Carrie gets uh Turner out. Uh, I don't know how mm-hmm. Carrie managed to get herself out of the
0: hospital without Well just... was
1: Cullen still there?
0: Cullen must have still been with her, right? Because they were
1: they just hiding pulled, somewhere yeah,
0: yeah he must have been hiding in the hospital someplace i would think yeah but, so so somehow they all out. got back yeah. <laughs> they all got back okay um yeah and then and then we have a bit of a we've a bit of a conversation, we have uh, a conversation. <laughs> so
1: first of all turner you know instead of healing in bed like a good boy mm-hmm. um goes off and has a sulk in the library as area. As he
0: should. As he should. As every good CW hero does. Sometimes you just need a little sulk in the corner somewhere in a, in a nice aesthetically pleasing I mean, place.
1: fair. He's got a lot to process right now. He's got right a now. lot to
0: ponder. He's got a lot to think about. He just found out that uh, any romantic feelings that he may have had for his best friend are just completely gone now. So he's like, all right, cool. that's strike that away. We're not thinking about that anymore. He's pondering the loss of his other best friend and Carrie because he feels like he can't trust her at this point in time. Yep. Uh, and, and then he he kind of has, what I like about this is that it's a it's a realization over the course of this conversation, I think, for him. I don't think this is something he came into the conversation thinking. But Duella shows up and is sort of appropriately, like, expressing concern for him. But he, she's not falling all over him. She's just sitting with him yeah. and kind of being she's with him where he is. Kind of.
1: Annoying him out of his hook yeah. almost. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As only Duella can, just being yes. just being a little bit annoying and nudging and pushing at him. Um, but in a way that that it's clear that she cares. It's just that she's kind of like, okay, like let's let's yeah. let's get this She has a, a, a wonderful arm line
1: arm about getting him to pull his head out of the bat cave he calls an ass, which That
0: was a fantastic <laughs> line. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> but so it's true because Duel. he needs somebody like that. Like he needs somebody who can who can be honest with him and, and tell him, hey. Come on,
1: buddy. You're yes. being a little emo here. Let's figure this out. And as we have said all season, she's a very honest girlie. She is. Um, Which Turner so also comments sure. on. <laughs> When we
0: were talking about this, when we were talking about this I think two or three episodes ago now, I was talking about how I needed someone to tell Duella all these like nice things about herself because I don't think that she really understands that she has a lot of really positive qualities. And like one of those is that she's very honest with people and she doesn't like try to play games or do anything. like She just is who she is on the surface. And as Turner is sort of appreciating her for that, y- you can see the light bulbs go on in this boy's eyes where he's like, yeah. And like you do, tell the truth a lot, Duella, and I I like you for that. And I, I like how like you're so unique and special. Like he's just as he's like speaking it aloud, it like comes to him like, oh, I really like you. And then like yes, and it's so good. It's exactly what I would have wanted for them i was so excited it had sparks unlike our other kiss of the evening it It was exactly definitely had
1: sparks i love this whole conversation because it it utilizes like one of my favorite um kind of methods in in writing like this where you know you have a phrase that kind of runs through the scene and and they pick back up at the opportune moment um so we have dweller you know he tells her that you know she's really hard to offend she says that she's really hard to offend he's trying to jokingly it must be said offend her by by pointing out these things and she keeps just replying not offended not offended not offended offended." Mm -hmm. and then they kiss and then she's like not offended I absolutely love it. Just, I I really love that.
0: It's so cute. Um, and it's, oh, especially because, like, she has been very <clears throat> upfront with him about how she feels. Like, she got interrupted by the vomit and all that stuff. But, like, yes. at no point has she been, like, this blushing, like, oh, do I tell him? Do I not? Like, what? It's just like, No, it's she's just, a just thing. Like, like, this is okay. just how I feel. And I'm just letting you know that that's how I feel. And you can feel however you want about it. But this is where I'm at, you know? And to have that moment where he's so obviously into her, too. Like, it's just, ah, ah. It was so perfect. I was so happy that they finally did that. And And there's
1: something so pure about it because they both know who the other is. Mm -hmm. Like, she's not perfect. She's done terrible things. He is also actually very much not perfect. (laughs) Has also done some interesting things. (laughs) Yes. And has the potential to be
0: quite a little rebel when he gets going. And especially when he's with Duella, I, it should yes. be said that she, she brings, she brings out that, that side out of him. in him, yeah, which is very fun. And and I also like that, you know, he, <laughs> for a boy who's just been radiation poisoned, he's actually doing quite well, that he's already well enough that he's like, oh, this is, I definitely want to kiss you. <laughs> yes. Definitely, we're, we're ready for that.
1: <laughs> Radioactive boy does not get the bad day trophy in this particular episode. That is no. definitely Brody. He's like a solid um,
0: third, actually, yeah, on the list. Yeah, solid third.
1: um see you you got you got a little squeaky squee out of me for this particular ship like it was done so well that I am fully on board and you know
0: we don't want to talk too much about promos because as we've just learned promos are quite misleading um but there are some clips from the next week's promo that have me very excited about (laughs) Duella and Turner yes Um, what we could potentially be getting um I just really like them together I know I've said that from the beginning. I just like their personalities together. I love the trope of like the dark, like character with like the light character and then sort of meeting in the middle and both becoming a little bit more gray as time goes on. And I just uh, I like that Turner had that realization for himself and that clearly he really does respect her and like her because I would have I would have felt very badly if they had Duella just be like head over heels for him. And have him like not quite return those feelings yet. It mm-hmm. felt it, it felt like good writing that you understand how both those characters got to where they are and why they
1: like each other the way that they do.
0: And it was yeah. just really sweet too. Like, it was very just a great moment. different
1: people, but the writing has made it so that their relationship, such as it is so far, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like it it feels like they're on the same page. They kind of fill in each other's gaps a little bit. They're very different people, but mm-hmm. very well balanced together. Yeah. Because in some
0: ways they're like mirrors of each other, right? Like she's the daughter of a villain. He's the son of a hero. Like there's, but then those things are also very complicated and, and the way that they were raised were very different, but also kind of like mirroring each other. Like it's, they're good narrative mirrors for each other. And then they're also just, they're really cute together. They work well together. They have good chemistry as well. (laughs) That's just really cute. Okay. <laughs> I also was laughing because I do feel like the Duella Turnerness of it all is the most when the CW-ness really comes out in in like the best way because they're kind of your classic CW ship in a lot of ways, and I love the way that they like chose to like light Turner like when he's like sitting against the stacks of books and like the light is hitting his perfectly coiffed Mm -hmm. hair just so and he's still really moody and still kind of a little bit sick looking but like better than he was like the last time we saw him like i just i just enough
1: to uh, like elicit a little bit of sympathy like oh yeah he's been through a lot yeah he's He's never beating the uh edward cullen (laughs) obligations.
0: you know like little vampire sitting there just like moody and brooding So, you know, that I do, I again, I do like the CW-ness of this show. And I never mean that in a bad way, ever, when I say that the, the, the show dips into these, like, CW moments. Because I mean, I love it's it's it,
1: classic. too, because I think it makes um, a universe that can be very, it, it, it's easy to exclude people from yeah. franchises that are as built up as Batman. Yeah. Um. So, the DC universe is, it, it, there's such a lot to it. It's really intimidating for new fans because there's so much history. I mean, even just today, I was mentioning like going back to like 1939. Like we're talking like literally like 1900 years of like history to go back through. So it's very intimidating. Um, And I think by doing the show the way that they have, it's made it so accessible for people um, that you know there's going to be a lot of fans who perhaps from this are then going to go and think, okay, well maybe I'll read the Court of Owls uh, comics. Maybe I'll Mm -hmm. read. This whatever, and they'll go further because of that. Totally, um and kind of works the other way too. That you know, you've got your hardcore DC fans. Like, hey, you know, there's good stuff happening on TV too. That's not just <laughs> not just your your dark, serious Batman movies. Yeah. You know, like we've got other stuff. You can mix it up. It's gonna be okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. No, I definitely feel like I'm not that I'm gonna like go out and buy a bunch of comics now. Having started to watch the show necessarily, but it does give me a lot more of an appreciation for it because. There, there's no good way to start. Like, I've always felt that way with comics where I'm like, I have no idea where to start. Do I just start from the beginning? Do I try to read everything? Do I, you know, where do I go? And Mm -hmm. at least with a show like this, it provides me an entry point that I'm comfortable with (laughs) where I'm like, oh, I like ships. I like teenagers solving crimes. I like that, like, that's that's fine. I'll do that. And then it does get me interested in, like, these characters and, like, the backstories. And when you sit here and describe some of these Easter eggs for me, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like, that's awesome storytelling. So I can definitely tell that, like, people will hopefully check out the comics themselves from the show. Yeah,
1: And all of its CW glory. Yeah. I love it. I love the the mixing up of the what could be termed two very different kind of genres of, of yeah. storytelling. Um, but they, they work so well together.
0: and they're also not that different i think one of the things that i've always been fascinated by is a certain subset not all a certain subset of comics fans who like refuse to see the parallels between like serialized tv and
1: comics like no there are a lot of parallels there there's so many it's it's been proven (laughs) how well these kinds of, of stories can work as well like if you want something that's you know, has moments where it's a little bit funny or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at Doom Patrol, for goodness sake. Like that (laughs) is one of my favorite shows ever. I'm a massive Doom Patrol fan. And um, you can take these bits of humor and everything from the comics and you can make really compelling television with them. But there's actually so much like background and lore packed into the show, which you might not even realize that you're consuming (laughs) to start with. Because TV is really good at that. TV is kind of good at kind of quietly drip-feeding you things until you don't realize how much you've absorbed <èmehaki> um, and Gotham Knights is definitely doing that definitely doing that I've seen a lot yes. of people who you know would never say that they were DC fans they didn't know anything about you know this universe at all um saying oh but you know I've seen this theory that so and so and so and I think it might play into this and I did yeah. some research on this part so <laughs> yeah
0: so it's it's really great, and I like that it's Duella and Turner leading that charge. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the ship right in front.
1: <laughs> and you never know; we may still get some some Sapphic ladies coming along. So Woo. <laughs> who knows? I I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. So Me it too. would be a very storyline but it would be I'm a good pride very gift confident as well. at this point yeah very confident at this point that whatever they give us i'm going to be satisfied with uh-huh. um because they've done such a good job on that so far yeah
0: so. and they may not have time to give us like a full <laughs> a full sharper situation simply because of um some other events in this episode <laughs> that are really setting up a lot of things <laughs> coming down the oh, pipe
1: yeah <laughs> All right. I I think we got to talk about Bobby now,
0: right? We, we got to talk about the elephant in the room, which is Harvey Dent's No Good, Very Bad Day officially taking the second place prize for the episode.
1: Yes. He's <laughs> he's had a couple Brody. of first place episodes. Um he really has. And despite everything that goes on in this one, he still only manages to crack second place, which really says a lot about Brody's <laughs> really day, does. I think.
0: <laughs> this was also my second nursing moment of the episode where i was like all right let's 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 have a conversation um so the first thing we see of harvey and this is earlier in the episode harvey's scenes were kind of interspersed within like the the larger narrative for the most part until the end where we got like one really big harvey scene um but at the beginning we see him watching the tape over again that he was watching before from dark harvey being like hey you and i need to talk and the only way that you can do that is by going into like essentially your subconscious. And the way to do that is to take a bunch of pills, quote, but like not enough to kill you, just enough. <laughs> and and he actually
1: comes up with a number. He's
0: like, Yep, you take like 17. And that's that's yep. enough. That,
1: and well, I assume do I assume what he was going for there is obviously his body is Harvey's body, so yeah. he can work out his precise body weight yeah. and, and that and, kind and, of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> while there is some science to that, it's not that much of a science.
0: No, and I do have to say, I would I would advise people maybe don't intentionally overdose on your anxiety meds. Uh, in the hopes of meeting your shadow self, uh, because I don't think (laughs) that's going to work. Well, um, I I like that. I don't think that they once mentioned the brand of medication, which I think was responsible.
1: That was very Um, (laughs) responsible writing right there. They were just
0: like, those pills you take, those ones, take 17 of those. Yes. What I also like is that Harvey is like, you know what? Yeah. I do need to do this. I think I think I do need to talk to this guy and I hope he's not lying to me and trying to kill me. Um, because that could also be a very real possibility that dark Harvey's like, I would like to take over now. Please take all these pills yeah. and I'll just it's have what I wanted control.
1: Harvey to do. And in my head, I'm just, I was thinking, <laughs> okay, maybe he can just do it off screen and I'll tell myself he did it to make myself feel better. I wanted him to at least like message his assistant and just be like, Hey, um, come check on me in 30 minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> come just
1: just see, see if I'm okay. Um, which, you know, who
0: knows? Maybe, Might have been a
1: good precaution, maybe. just saying. <laughs>
0: like, you know, but a Harvey is not really in the headspace to be no, cautious really at the moment. Not. He's freaking out, I believe is the technical term. Uh, so he takes the pills, he wakes up in his office, and there is Dark Harvey in all of his glory, fully here, and... Um, I love actors playing op- opposite of each other. It's one of my favorite things when TV shows can find a way to like make that happen. I just think it's from a technical perspective. I think it's really cool how they execute it and how they pull it off. Yeah. Um, but also it's such an acting challenge. And I love seeing actors do that. Um, and this is not the first time that Misha Collins has had to do this. He's with kind myself. of making a bit of a thing of it, He's honestly. He's making a bit of a thing of it. Um, so, th- but this was incredible this is incredible this whole scene was great and we we have to dive into all the individual aspects of it because there's so much information
1: packed in here um first of all dark harvey looked so cool i I really have to talk about some of uh jennifer's costume details here because they were just amazing so ty in this episode Mm -hmm. we have this amazing knot um which i confess to not knowing the name of but i guarantee you (laughs) <laughs> that she has said the name on social media somewhere and if you go check out her social media it's out there 100 mm-hmm. um but it's this amazing knot that has like all of these layers you know because we, we love having that split personality representation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the ties um we also got these amazing cufflinks which mm-hmm. it, it will come up in the conversation between <laughs> harvey and harvey um about this this uh, railing and everything that that Harvey an issue that occurred <laughs> an issue <with> the railing <laughs> another incident um, that occurred yeah, and we have these amazing square cufflinks that have like a kind of a bar through the middle and there's like mm-hmm. a wood texture almost to it like please if you have not checked out um <laughs> the, <laughs> the 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 wonderful behind the scenes that we get from Jennifer May on these please do go and check them out um, she put pictures close-ups of the cufflinks on her social media so we can see again just one more fantastic detail i also so loved cool. that his shoes were split personality shoes because <laughs> the shoelaces were laced so that they kind of pointed in different directions um That's and so one cool. went to the left and one went to the right and i'm just like it's just so many little details absolutely love it anyway costuming <laughs> aside um <laughs> costuming aside, um, just everything about him like his body language is different yep. the tone of voice that Misha Collins uses for him mm-hmm. is different his facial expressions it's like you're looking at a whole nother person um it's it's really really amazing and it shows even through through camera on camera that sounds weird but <laughs> like even though he's watching it on camera and we're yes. watching him it still shows very clearly all those different nuances that he has going on no through, totally through that Um, I love that Dark Harvey mentions that they have met before and that when Harvey was little, they used to talk to each other in dreams. Mm -hmm. And he uses this wonderful phrasing, which I really liked, where he said that um, the abuse that harvey went through from his father who are in the comics i'm not sure if he's been specifically named on the show um his name's christopher dent so. in the yeah, yeah. His is christopher dent in the comics but um i don't know if he's been specifically named so he went through a lot of abuse and like it wasn't just you know harvey's bones that he fractured but yep. he fractured his psyche as well um which makes a lot of sense it's a literal like more of a like you can try and find different kind of mental Illnesses and things to attach to Harvey Dent. Yeah, we've been doing that for years. So far, the show appears to have been very deliberately not doing that. There has been no on-screen label for Harvey, which I Mm think is something that I personally appreciate a lot. Yes, a very good idea. Um, but the way they're making it sound is actually that it was more like some kind of um, like psychotic break that he had in himself, not you know we, we know that there is a history of mental illness there because we know that from his father having the issues that he had mm-hmm. um though we did talk before about whether those were yeah whether that was like a real issue or, or if it was yeah 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 um court of Owls doing their thing <laughs> maybe and i
0: mean this is the closest that they've come within this show to to any kind of diagnosis for what's going on with harvey because when they were describing the, I, I'm trying to think of the exact phrasing that they used, but I think it was sort of like, I come, I came out to protect you. Like I was yeah. this other thing that protected you from everything that was going on. Um, and that is very close to a diagnosis that has been floated around Harvey for many years. But I do appreciate, like you said, them not really coming out and just saying that in the same way that they didn't say the brand of pills or like exactly what milligrams yeah. you should be taking. It's It's a responsible thing to be like, Yes, this could be similar to something you have heard about. It could be some similar to something that you might know someone who has experienced this. But we're not going to say that that's what this is so that we can, first of all, have the creative freedom to do what we need to do with it and not disrespect somebody who has this diagnosis, but also not putting it out there as like, these are the symptoms that you should look out for if you're somebody who yeah. is diagnosed with and, this And disease.
1: there's also a danger of coming across as if you're saying this person is evil because of this thing yes um yes which i think you know hopefully we all have the level of thinking enough to know is just simply not true yeah 100%. but you know it's 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 a dangerous thing to yeah. have out there and and i think they've been really careful really about careful. that i mean it would have been very easy for them to label many things in the writing and they've clearly chosen not to exactly. do so um yeah, so totally. I, I really appreciate that i think that's very respectful nuanced writing that And
0: they're making Dark Harvey more nuanced by doing that as well, by making him kind of a defense mechanism as opposed to anything else. Because we can get into this later. And I know we've talked about my villain problem before, but Dark (laughs) Harvey was making some good points.
1: Um, (laughs) Nothing he was saying, like,
0: there was nothing that he was saying that was like, I want to take over the world just for, like, the thrill of it, you know? Like, everything he was saying was like... We've been dealt this really crappy hand in life, and we've had to deal with a lot of things that would break most people. And I just want the chance to get a little revenge for all that stuff that's been going on. Which is an we, understanding, but place. that
1: word right there revenge. I said this is <laughs> this is very this is very Two Face, though. Like this is it very is. on it brand is. for Two Face mm-hmm. in that the things that he does, like he believes that he is delivering justice like he's not the kind of like off the wall kind of villain where he's like i'm gonna take over the world because i want to or any of that kind of stuff he exists to do things that harvey dent cannot Mm -hmm. um or will not because you know morals and (laughs) that kind of stuff um (laughs) dark harvey is just missing said morals
0: well, that's, it's it's that's more that he yeah. has his own set of morals, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, he looks at things like, okay, like, I don't think that Dark Harvey would, like, kill an innocent person for no reason. But as no. long as he can make a justification, like, he's good. But I think from his perspective, at least in this case, it's more about, like... We need to get justice for all these things that have been done to you. We need to make sure that like we're safe. I, I loved how the, the way that they had him keep referring, like saying "we" at different times, as if it was just one person, like like as if they were just having a conversation within them themselves. And then other times he would say like "you," like at like yeah. as if harvey was separate from him and i liked the choices that they made like when they would specifically have dark harvey be like us we we do these things this is the way he was doing
1: it it felt very deliberate and manipulative on Mm -hmm. his part but he was like oh okay i'm trying to get you on side we i'm talking about us we're on the same side here buddy
0: we've we've Um, we've been buddies for so long and like i've been here for you um and that's when we get the revelation about what happened to harvey's father which you know what honestly good riddance like, i'm not like gonna yeah, cry over it I'm, not, I'm not wasting
1: time being sad about that one <laughs> like,
0: like well you know I, I think it was a moment that like good harvey or light harvey was like what you killed dad and then i love the dark harvey was just like i mean yeah like he was gonna <laughs> kill you like there was it wasn't gonna end well for anyone <laughs> it
1: wasn't yeah, gonna be just strange. completely shameless like he's missing any kind of of shame uh, or remorse about that um and so yes, it's we... also
0: a bit of a tip-off too because when he talks about how that happened and he's like, Yeah, you know, he fell over the like when well, I loosened the bolts, he fell over the balcony. And when he talks, he had this chilling little speech where he's like, Yeah, and then I like watched him die for three hours, you know, because he yeah. didn't die right away. I just like watched yeah. it happen. For two hours, you know, he begged like, me you know, to help just, and then yeah, an hour. And I, did, and I didn't. <laughs> and it <laughs> just... was just so scary. <laughs>
1: yeah because it kind of reminds you that like no two-face is terrifying like he's not yeah. two-face yet um he is still still we're still in that fugue Harvey state mm-hmm. um I won't officially call him two-face until we get the two-face face yep. <laughs> that's my he's, he's dark Harvey right now dark and light Harvey and they're just yes. having a conversation um but it's chilling it, it it is because I think everybody everybody out there has had thoughts where you're just like, some, something has happened, something, you know, thoughts about something and you're just like, oh, okay, that's too far. No. Okay. Dial it back.
0: <laughs> Not going to think that thought again. Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: whereas obviously like Dark Harvey just runs with it. He's like, you know what? Yeah. That is a good idea. I should just do that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a fantastic idea, self. Thank you. That was great. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. He's just, he's a human being without any boundaries, um, hmm. which is slightly terrifying. It, it's terrifying because it's so human. Like he doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't have any of this magic stuff. He doesn't even have like the Talon stuff as, as far as we're aware. As far as so far. We're <laughs> <laughs> um, but he doesn't have any of that. It's just a human being that, doesn't have these hangups that the rest of us have, which I mean, uh-huh. good for the hang-ups. We all need those hangups,
0: clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Hang ups are very important. It reminded me a lot of there was a couple of years ago this book came out. It was actually really fascinating. I wish I could remember the name of it, but it was a memoir written by someone who is a diagnosed sociopath mm-hmm. and just her describing like the way that she sees the world and like the way that like she relates to different things. And it was very interesting but also very chilling. Because you realize how much of, like, your moral compass is really based on, like, your empathy and capacity for empathy for other people. And that if you don't have that, like, if you just don't have that innate sense of, like, killing someone is wrong because they are a person. Like, if you just don't have that in you there's nothing stopping you. Like there's like a minor annoyance can become a major problem because you're just yeah. kind of like, there's there's no road, there's no breaks. Yep. And that's how I feel like Misha Collins does such a good job of showing that with Dark Harvey where it's like, he doesn't have empathy for anyone else but himself, like, but Harvey. Like he can look at his experience and be like, that was awful. That shouldn't have happened to us. Let's go ruin everyone else's lives as much as our life has been ruined, you know?
1: Yep, he definitely portrayed that so chillingly and so well mm-hmm. um and not like with a, a huge speech that took ages like the, yeah. the speech was was very pointed and and back and forth um and he he got across a lot even things that you know he didn't spell out for us but we yeah. can kind of we can we can pick up on a few things here um i love that harvey called out dark Harvey for making him wake up with Rebecca Marsh and he was just genuinely just like I was doing you a solid <laughs> <laughs> and you know what good for you dark Harvey good for you
0: <laughs> I appreciate that it was just like a bonus like that wasn't yeah, even the like, main point I might as well get something out of it right <laughs> he was like listen Harvey you and I both know you haven't gotten laid in a while <laughs> we have to make we have to fix this um so that was great I loved that part of the conversation. Um, overall it was uh, it was also interesting to note as well um that all of those murders that Harvey was so worried that he had actually committed he didn't that he's being he's being framed for these by the owls now yep. your mileage may vary on how much you believe dark Harvey um yes. I would argue that he doesn't necessarily have the motivation to lie like he hasn't really been because similar to Duella in a way like he hasn't really like lied there's been some omissions. There's been some things that haven't necessarily come out right away, but I feel like he's telling the truth in that he didn't kill those people because I think otherwise he wouldn't be asking to be let off the leash so much. I think he feels stifled and like he hasn't had the chance to go and murder some people when he's really wanted to. (laughs) Um, So I think he would feel less upset if he had actually done some of those things he's accused of
1: doing. Yeah, because he doesn't give the impression that he would be in any way ashamed or bothered by having nope. done those things. Um, yeah. He would probably just be like, hey, good for us. <laughs> um, we
0: did it. Nice work. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it, it kind of does give the impression that he's telling the truth. And at, at least at this point, he doesn't have any reason to lie to himself, yeah. I don't think. Um, I think that Harvey would lie to Harvey. I think he would Mm. frame it as protecting Harvey from himself, possibly. He may hide things. He may tell lies to Harvey. I I can't see him having any issues with doing that. But at this point, I don't think he has any reason to. I think he probably is telling the truth. Um, Whether he will continue to always tell Harvey the truth. (laughs) Who knows? We'll see. Um, I like that he was encouraging you know he tried he tried talking to harvey he was he was Mm. good kind of encouraging him like hey you need to let me off the leash a bit like i can help you with this i got this Yeah, like you're super stressed
0: you've got a lot going on (laughs) just like kick back relax let me do the murder you know like he he's very um charming like like (laughs) as it like he he goes from being like just straight up evil to being this very charming like hey listen like you and I have been through so much together. Like, well, like, well, let me just handle this for you. Like, you've been handling stuff so well so far. <laughs> let me just step in and and, and take it away. You know, um, which I I do like that. That good Harvey is kind of instantly like, well, that's crap. <laughs> I haven't been handling yeah. things well at all, actually.
1: Um, some self awareness there from Harvey. Some self awareness sure. there.
0: We also get the confirmation that the music, the fugue that they were playing before, is in fact what triggers.
1: Harvey and that they yeah. figured that out, that that yeah, which came out. We we knew as, as viewers, we knew. but we we get the the textual confirmation actually in character for him, which mm-hmm. is which is great. I love that they are talking so much about justice because they clearly both have very different definitions of what <laughs> justice actually is. Yes. <laughs> um So they are talking at cross purposes for a minute there. Just, Harvey has a very the, the definition you would expect and hope that a district attorney would <laughs> would have of justice. Um, whereas Dark Harvey's definition of justice seems to be much more personal um, Mm -hmm. and much more about what favours him. It's it's much more (laughs) revenge-based, definitely. Um, But he's trying to talk Harvey's language. He's trying to present what he's doing as justice, as what is deserved, as the right thing to do. This murderer would be the right thing to do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He tries tries the nice way, Mm -hmm. um, and we don't get anywhere with the nice way. No. And then we have this very chilling moment where he's like, Well, it's cute that you think that I actually do have to ask you. And yeah. all of a sudden, we're kind of like, Uh oh. Like, can Dark Harvey just come out whenever he wants to? Like, could, was he just holding back? And then we get this great fight scene of Harvey versus Harvey, which Harvey is. Harvey so versus
1: good. Harvey. And I want yes. to give a
0: shout out to the stunt team for this because it is so hard. To choreograph a scene like this where you have to be so careful about not showing the other face, where you have to be really careful about what angles you're doing and making sure that everyone's the same height and that stuff. Like, So I know that it must have taken multiple people to make this actually look like two guys fighting each other. Mm -hmm. So like, serious kudos there because it's not easy to do and kudos to the director and camera operators as well because it's tough. Because um, it was a great fight, like it was very visceral. It felt like, um like when siblings fight and they don't hold back. Like it felt like that kind yes. of energy. Yes,
1: nobody fights more viciously than siblings. No and, one, uh,
0: no one does.
1: <laughs> yeah, this was definitely that kind of fight. They were really going for it. Mm-hmm. um I love that we then get a shot of kind of what's happening outside of Harvey because obviously we have been spending <laughs> this whole time basically inside Harvey's mind. um yeah. he's he is he is out there with his seventeen pills. <laughs> um, taking a little nap taking a little nap yeah um, and I mean he is getting knocked around by dark Harvey <laughs> so much that it looks like he's having a seizure. Um, Literally,
0: yeah, that, that he's having a seizure. His poor assistant, who I believe we said last episode, but it should be said again, is not being paid enough for everything that no. she's doing for him, um, is the one who comes in and finds him and sees that he is like in some serious medical distress and actually goes and calls 911. So good for her for not trying to solve that problem on her own. <laughs> yes,
1: Yes, and then we have, I'm assuming that they were the medical professionals that work at GCPD because they got there very quickly. Um <laughs> so Well, I mean, you would hope that there was like a couple EMTs in the building, you know,
0: you hope, at the right? police department.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they also seemed to seem to know him like the few words that yeah. were exchanged like that they seemed familiar. Um I was I do think it's it's very sus that they didn't take him to the hospital or like try and insist on him going to the hospital because yeah. he did, by their words, flatline for like a good minute.
0: <laughs> Which, by just <laughs> just as an FYI, if you really do lose a pulse on someone on scene, they're gonna take you in. Like they're not just gonna be like, "Well, you seem fine now." You woke up. That's great. Like if they if someone does CPR on you or
1: administers
0: oxygen, you're you're going to the hospital. You're, you've bought yourself yeah. at least a night
1: just just to like it, you, you're going to need a few scans, a little bit of observation. <laughs> like,
0: I mean, like you you're could certainly like sign out against medical advice, but at no point is Harvey like, let me I'm not going to the hospital. They don't even offer it to him. They
1: don't, even, they don't even offer the trip. See, it's, it's the incompetence of GCPD meets <laughs> the power of Harvey Dent. Because they're clearly not going to... He, he's the boss at the end of the day. He is their boss. Yeah. So he's not going to... They're not going to argue with it.
0: But while he's still unconscious before they save him and commit medical malpractice, he is still having a fight in his head with himself. And it's not going well for him initially. Like, Dark Harvey definitely seems like he has the upper hand, uh, as you might expect. Uh, since he definitely doesn't fight fair. But then we get this amazing shot where finally good Harvey like pins Dark Harvey with the desk plate that has his name on it and chokes him out with it. Yeah,
1: specifically says district attorney Attorney underneath. So (laughs) it's it's the embodiment of everything that he wants to be, and that is what he is choosing to choke Dark Harvey Mm -hmm. out with and I, I think it's wonderful. He could have done so many things, but he could have just knocked him out with it or anything. But the mm-hmm. fact that he chooses to look him in the eyes and choke him out with it.
0: <laughs> well, because then yes. I was having a moment where I kind of lost track of which Harvey was which for a second. Because I was like, wait, he's on Those top. Those some and good he's Yeah. He's going to, you know, like wherever he was. And I had this moment, and I don't think it's true, but it would be cool if it happened, where I was like, what if it was the other Harvey? Like, what if it was actually dark Harvey that won. And he's now pretending to be like good Harvey, like out in the world. Ooh. However, I don't know if that's true. Um, <laughs> that could be completely wrong, but I was just interested in how, like when he came back, like the vibe that he had was very interesting. And I just was thinking to myself like, hmm, wouldn't that be funny if we thought that it was good Harvey yeah. that won, but it was actually and dark Harvey. I think Harvey we and
1: now won? from that conversation kind of have a precedent to be Suspicious of every shot of Harvey Dent from this point onwards. Because yep. if if Dark Harvey can just force him and take control whenever he wants to, um, and, you know, Dark Harvey has a plan. <laughs> so he, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to be setting things up for that plan one way or another, whether Harvey likes it or not, by the sounds of it. Um, and, like, what can Harvey do about it? Like, he's powerless against Dark Harvey, really. Like, yeah. he doesn't know how to stop him. He doesn't... Like, he, he he has been programmed with these uh, notes. Like, he doesn't know how to resist that or anything. I mean, he yeah. can go home and do some
0: Googling. I mean, it works for the Gotham Knights, <laughs> but. <laughs> but even without the programming, the, what Dark Harvey was implying there was that the programming was just something that the owls kind of discovered could bring him out without yep, tipping that he off could good Harvey himself without do it himself. That do it himself. Exactly. <laughs> like that if he wants to come out he can come out so that's that's pretty scary and so if the, if this is good Harvey that we're seeing who came back who was brought back to life like that's a really scary thing for him to now confront is the idea of like did I really kill him or was that just a little mind meld action that we just did like is he still in there like lurking around just waiting to come out whenever it's yes. right like oh geez like this, this could have some very bad implications
1: yes i think there are a lot of implications from their entire conversation one of the ones i'm most interested in is if um harvey did not kill the mayor and did not kill um well we know he didn't kill cresta because we know who killed cresta but <laughs> <laughs> um but all of these things that um dark harvey is being framed for um but we do know that he was dark harvey was in control at that point he lost the time he mm-hmm. was in his his fugue state at that point so what was he doing yeah what what was going on during those Cause times because then, then he
0: also said that he witnessed all of it yeah like he could see everything that happened and so he knows how they get away with this stuff so it's like mm. but why was he even there like yeah, why like why is he even having there
1: yeah mm. interesting what's happening like i, I want to know i want to know how the Court of owls is doing it i want to know how dark Harvey's doing it like so many questions um but yeah, Harvey, once again, having a terrible day. But I, I still think not quite as bad as Brody. Um, well, yeah, because I
0: mean, as as we said, one of them comes back to life by via, via EMT. Uh, and one of them, we think, is alive. <laughs> we, don't, we don't really know.
1: Yeah. What, so what let's, the let's is there. discuss this one. Well, one of them, there. <laughs> final, final shot that we've got, one of them wakes up in a coffin, which... Oh. Um, <laughs>
0: oh, the way sh- jules is cringing right now it's literally one of my worst fears in life when i was little probably too little i i read a lot of books that were way too old for me when i was little because i just loved to read so much and i read a book about how it used to be a real problem in like the victorian era and before that like yes. occasionally they would bury people who weren't dead yeah um, didn't they
1: used to put like little bells in cemeteries yes at point? they did
0: Yes, they did. It was literally like the fashion that they would have these little bells like inside the coffin, like like a little string, essentially, and there would be a bell outside. And if you were woke up in a coffin and you weren't dead, you were supposed to ring this little bell. And hopefully then the person who was like in charge of the cemetery would be like, ah, a bell is ringing. Bell is ringing. There's someone yeah, alive. I swear we must I read that in
1: like a horrible histories book once or something.
0: <laughs> And so ever yeah. since then, ever since I that as a little kid, I've had this like irrational fear of like being buried alive. So i, I like argue this... that that's actually quite a rational fear. <laughs> no, like... don't tell me it's rational. I'm supposed to be getting over it. Yeah. Um, but literally that moment where he he opens his eyes and like takes a breath, I was like, oh my God. Like I just yeah. <laughs> instantly like jumped in the air. <laughs> that was terrible. So yeah. Brody officially had the worst day.
1: <laughs> yes. And we saw him being, you know, in in this this coffin type mm-hmm. thing. Which, first of all, I, I have many questions. Where'd the coffin come from? <laughs> did they have it in storage? Like sometimes those things take weeks to take, like weeks yeah, to get. Yeah, okay, yeah. like they just
0: ordered one. They just had it on the back burner just in case. Just
1: in case. <laughs> um, which then I had a, a question about the timing. Like, how much later did he wake up? Yeah. Um, Like what what has gone on in the meantime? Is he just like Chilling in their living room in the coffin in which case why put him in the coffin in the first place yeah unless yeah. they didn't know that he was going to wake up um
0: but then my thing with that is that if you're trying if you think he's dead dead and you're just trying to get rid of the body because you need to get rid of him like because like at this point it's going to be like well brody's dead so like they have to come up with some kind of cover story why yeah. would you put him in a coffin of all yes. places. Like you, there are plenty of, unfortunately for my true crime knowledge, there are plenty of ways to get rid of a body with like very little. like, And, and you know um, that Lincoln knows uh, most and, of them. <laughs> oh, 100%. Lincoln and Rebecca, between the two of them, definitely know how to get rid of a body. So it does beg the question of it seems like they were trying to preserve him.
1: Like mm-hmm. if, it seems
0: like they were trying to keep him whole and like almost like they knew maybe something would happen that he might wake up. Um, but also in which case, why would you put him in a coffin <laughs> if you thought he was going to wake up?
1: There are other so ways to my, I'm not even calling this, I'm not even calling this a theory because it's not <laughs> it's it's not it's not whole enough to be a theory. So my idea is that he was in the coffin simply for appearances to other people. So okay. that they knew he was going to wake up. I'm still I'm kind I'm still kind of clinging on to that tooth thing. You know I'm I'm still kind of clinging No I think that. that's
0: a great theory actually um, like that genuinely now that you've said that I'm like oh that's definitely what happened. Yeah I've accepted it.
1: So They knew that at some point he was going to wake up, which to me explains a little bit of Rebecca's coldness. Though I mean, you stabbed your son—like we have an expression, like (laughs) we just have (laughs) something—and like she's still stone cold and terrifying. Either way, Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if the coffin was simply a. Like a for show, essentially, so that they could call someone in and be like, our son got stabbed in the back. We don't know what happened. But that's
0: still that's so sus. If a cop shows like if if I got a call, a nine one one call, it was like my son's been stabbed, we don't know what happened. I get there and the kid's already in a coffin. I'm going to be like, why did you have that coffin? Why did you
1: have it? You that, that's my timing it? issue. I'm like, how much later did the coffin arrive? Like, at what because point if they did really wanted happen? To, because or at
0: first is I this thought...
1: some special court of owls <laughs> coffin that has some kind of, like, is there something ritualistic is, is about the coffin? Is he a vampire? Is he a vampire?
0: Is that what we did? We turned him into well, a vampire. You remember
1: when the talon was healed and we got that mm-hmm. scene of the, the bones clicking, yeah. which bleh. Yep. Nasty. Yep. So he was, that was definitely very ritualistic. Like he was yeah. on top of some kind of altar type thing. So yeah, I'm they wondering, were wondering surrounding
0: him. Like it was very like a, a whole thing. It wasn't just like he woke up. <laughs> like
1: yeah, so I'm process. wondering if that's a similar similar element here. Like maybe it's not so much a coffin as just a case of, it was made of something that it's going to aid in this process. Or, I mean, I don't know. Were they just going to put him in the coffin and dump him in the river? Like, who knows? Right? Like, God. Or did
0: they have the coffin ready to go? Like, well, if he ever accidentally discovers all this stuff, that's just that's plan B. Discovers my stupid husband's trophies. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Rebecca March, feminist genius. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, that was. I love her so so much. I love her an unhealthy
0: amount for how clearly evil (laughs) she is. Um. Yeah, no, it was it was a super creepy moment. I liked it because I was kind of worried that we would just not see Brody again, which would be kind of a Mm -hmm. bummer because I I liked him as a character. I thought he was interesting. So this is going to get even more interesting now. And part of me wonders if they only if if your theory about the root canal being them planting the seed of him becoming the talent. I wonder because he had
1: the root canal very significantly this episode, i.e., after Turner has escaped. After Turner Turner
0: escaped and after Turner turned them down. So is it like plan B? (laughs) Like I guess
1: especially because during that whole exchange um with Turner about becoming the Talon, um, Lincoln said that his own son like threw away his potential. So at some point he had the potential to become a Talon. That was something that Lincoln had already been considering. Yep. Um and, I mean, he kind of became the sad backup plan, but, you know. Womp womp, once again. <laughs> <Poor> <laughs> if Bernie guy. ever finds that out, that, like, he wasn't <laughs> even the first choice for this. <laughs>
0: not only were you not even the number one choice, but also also you didn't have a choice whatsoever. <laughs> like, we're just yes. going to make you do this. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's super, I, I'm super intrigued because as well, there's still a lot we don't know about mm-hmm. how the Talons work, at least on this show um like do they retain their own consciousness like is he still brody but just now yeah, kind of Yeah because we've like never seen
1: the talons speak for example or anything no. like that um, and the only they... thing
0: we knew about the other Talon is that he did seem to remember Eunice because he was still getting her gifts and getting her presents and things like that and still kind of yeah. visiting her at different points. But it's like, was that just kind of like this weird old instinct that he was like remembering? Like, I have a kid, I think. Or was that like, was he still pretty much his old personality, just super zombified and gross? That would be my question to see if Brody would still be yeah. Brody, but just with this other stuff going on.
1: Yeah. So that's down the Brody could be a Talon now, right? um I mean that the other one I mean this I guess this is a slightly horrifying option in that like something just went wrong and he just woke up and he's not going to be a tell and he's yeah. just stuck in a coffin now um I don't think <laughs> nah, that's she got going, him pretty good. But.
0: she got him pretty good and they also checked <laughs> yeah. for a pulse and things like that. he the boy was dead. I don't know how he came back did. He, he definitely was dead <laughs> and then came
1: back. <laughs> yes, though I guess we need to find out whether he woke up by accident or design. Um, I'm definitely leaning towards design, as as we've already discussed. Um, if he does end up becoming a talon, because remember he has he has those state championship level fencing skills already. He does. <laughs> um, so does that mean that we at some point might get a Turner Brody uh, sword showdown? Because uh Maybe. that could be pretty cool. Just a throwback <laughs> to the first episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, just a, just a little callback. What I do like about that too is that in any other show, a showdown between Turner and Brody would end up being like somebody would end up talking about Stephanie, right? Because she's kind of the one who's like caught in the middle of the two of them. And on yep. this show, it's gonna be like, don't worry, buddy. She kissed me and she kissed you. She hated both and she experiences. Didn't like either- <laughs> <laughs> So she, you're, we're not fighting over a girl here. There's because she over. doesn't want either of us. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Oh, oh, that would actually be a great insult to like start the fight off with like, hey, you guys had sex and she hated every second of it. And she told me. <laughs> oh my God. Anyways, just, just, oh. just add a little more CW-ness to the, <laughs> to the proceedings. Make yep. this no gossip spark. girl. No spark at all. This 110%.
1: <laughs> yes. So my question is even if they go down the talent route, right? Mm-hmm. We have established that Brody is a good person. Yeah. So, you know, when uh Lincoln was talking about his son throwing away the opportunity, part of me was thinking that maybe that was a personality thing that like yeah. You know he's he's just a good person. He's not going to do your crazy evil yeah. bullshit. Sorry, like <laughs> he's, he's not going to. You'd do have that. to
0: convince him somehow because even with Turner, the sales pitch to him was like, "Do you want like revenge? Do you want to like kill all these people that have wronged you? Do you want to like?" It wasn't appealing to the good part of Turner. It was appealing no, to like the, the worst instincts. There was he some might have.
1: logic to it. There was yeah. some persuasion happening, and that he would. Have to be on board. Now, and was that it, that he would have to be on board just so that they could change him, just so that they could turn maybe. him? Or does the Talon beyond that still need to be on board? Does the Talon have agency?
0: Yeah, because we don't know that. Because the original Talon that we're familiar with was perfectly happy to go around murdering people because that was kind of his thing. Like he liked to do that anyway. This was it was sort of like, oh, I can murder like and get immortal life here. That's great. Um, (laughs) But with Brody, also, if he's waking up with his memories intact, which it does, kind of seem like the Talon does retain like memories of things that have happened before because because of Eunice Mm -hmm. and everything. Like so he that he's gonna remember his mom killing him. Like he's that's the last thing that happened. Yeah, he's gonna remember that. He's I, gonna
1: remember what his father's in the house. I'm just imagining Rebecca trying to play it like, Well, I was just giving you a hug and someone <laughs> snuck up behind you and stabbed you. <laughs> nah,
0: she, it's no. too late for that now. She's there's no playing that off. So then she yeah, had, does, she had
1: that whole little speech.
0: Yep, she had a whole speech. It does beg the question if. This was an accident, and they kind of didn't mean to make him a Talon, but they did make him a Talon. If he could then go back to the Knights and be like, "Hey, do you want an undead <laughs> fighter on your side? Would oh, you like us to team there up?" There was once a
1: Talon on. Oh gosh, one of the comic squads. Which one was it? One of them convinced a Talon. Uh, one of the the many like groups. Suicide. I won't say Suicide Squad because it was definitely not them, but um, <laughs> a uh, one of the many comic book team up groups. Did convince a Talon to come over to their side. They had like a, a Talon defector essentially, <laughs> which indicates at least in that comic universe, yes. Talons have agency and can be persuaded to not work for the Court of Owls anymore.
0: In which case, yeah. I say we invite Brody over and just have him come hang out with the
1: Gotham Knights. And see yeah, that now goes. that he's not going to cause any like issues with like, you know, <laughs> Stephanie and Harper. Now that he's not going to mess up my um,
0: ship, it's fine.
1: <laughs> Again, oh, RIP so Brody, options. because
0: he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know that she said that
1: about him. No, he doesn't <laughs> know that his girlfriend <laughs> said that there was no spark. Um, he doesn't know. I mean, he he probably doesn't even know what's happening to him because Ow. he just he just woke up in a coffin. This poor the boy poor boy. Like the trauma <laughs> alone. Like. So much trauma.
0: And so you know what? If he does turn evil, like if he does turn evil talon, you know that I'm gonna be defending him every step of the way. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah. I mean, in the space of like an hour, boy's been through a lot. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's his fair. his own it's mother fair.
1: killed him. And uh I mean, I wouldn't I, I would have put money on Lincoln being the one to do it. And then she just she just went and flipped flipped the script on us. <laughs> <went for laughs> <This minute. it. laughs>
0: <laughs> oh But yeah, I mean I feel like the end of this episode leaves everyone in a very like unsettled place, you know, because we have harper who is like i am trying to make this work for my brother so that we can stay in this group and like not leave this little chosen family we have stephanie is making a spreadsheet of all the times that she's ever felt sparks in her life she's trying she's to figure out if that's a matter she's mm-hmm. collecting spark data at the moment um i mean i guess turner and dweller are having a great night <laughs> They're they fully are on the floor of the book stacks. Yep. They are still on the floor in the book stacks, having a great time for themselves. Um, the promo might indicate that they also wake up together the next morning. So that's great for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Harvey is, is not doing well, uh, is trying to figure out if Dark Harvey is a dead or B can come back at any
1: time if, if there's any yeah, kind of pattern or- there. Wildcard theory might already be in charge for all we or know. Or might already
0: be in charge. If I'm right about that, I will be so happy. I haven't been right about one thing
1: <laughs> aside from You've my ships. You got to get one. You've got to get one. I have like, my, ships, yep. my ships, my ships I am, I
0: have I have my instincts have been correct everything else. Yes. Not so much. Uh but yeah, so so setting up these last 3 episodes, I it's going to be a roller coaster of a ride. I mean, we can already tell oh, yes. and and knowing that 12 and 13 are supposed
1: to be huge just sets that up even more yes i'm so (gasps) excited for 12 and 13 i'm also really excited about 11 because i i think from the name and little bits we've got in the promo we can kind of see what we're delving into with that one which is something that we've been saying we wanted to see since the beginning of the season so yeah. And from the
0: promo as well, we can see that a certain character's parent makes an appearance that I'm yeah. very excited for that I wasn't as excited for until you explained a little bit more of the comic backstory. And now I'm like, oh, that's sick. I don't really <laughs> want to see how they do that on screen. Uh, so we yeah. have a lot. And, and next next week, I think, is going to be a very Duella centric episode. Mm-hmm. Which is very cool. I'm very excited to get a little bit more backstory for her and kind of understand a little bit more of where she's coming from. And also because now that, of course, Duella and Turner are together, there's going to be a lot more opportunities for little ship moments there. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll take
1: it all i could say is don't expect a smooth ride from here on out because that's
0: just like i know <laughs> <laughs> i know it's it's moments of bliss followed by angst i know how this works for every yeah. good moment <laughs> it's followed immediately by angst but for right yes. now every, everybody's having a nice time
1: <laughs> yeah but yeah we have a lot to wrap up in 3 episodes um yeah. the pace is really ramping up like every episode it's just you know, we're, we're kind of like at breakneck speed now, um, which is great. It's exactly what you want from this genre of television. You need us uh-huh. on the edge of our seats. And that's right where we are.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so I am just so excited to see where they go. So, mm-hmm. And I will be recapping the episodes for nerds and beyond for the next couple um we also have some other i will say some other gotham knights articles coming up soon for both the pride months and more general articles so i will also be gushing (laughs) and uh letting out my thoughts and feelings into those i'm sure Uh, but yeah very excited cannot wait for next week yes
0: and that is it for this week's episode of Your Bad is Dead. Be sure to tune in next week for all the twists and turns on Gotham Nights. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Your Is Dead, and our show is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to head to Nerds and Beyond for all your nerdy news and a variety of fandoms, including Gotham Nights. This show is produced by Mal Windsor and Jules Thompson for Nerds and Beyond, and our theme music is by Kennedy Lynch.